Hello and welcome to episode 153 of Rank and Review. I am, as always, your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons. Thank you so much for joining us. This episode, my guests Lee Beckman and Jason Dupree and I are going to talk about our top 10 horror movies from the 2000s. We're also going to do a review of Constantine and Frailty. Thank you for bearing with us. I hope you've enjoyed this exploration of the horror cinema of the 2000s. I hope you've enjoyed your October of 2019 as this is airing. And thank you so much for listening to the show. You can send your feedback to rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. You can check out the website at rankandreview.ca because uh, I'm up here in Canada and if you just tell that other movie freak in your life about Rank and Review you'd be doing me a real favor and now on with episode 153 if you can believe that I told you that God and the devil made a wager for the souls of all mankind. No direct contact with humans. That would be the rule. Just influence. See who would win. Demons stay in hell. Angels in heaven. They call it the balance. I need to see what you see. You do this, there's no turning back. You see them. They see you. Understand? Constantine is a weird pick. It's a weird pick. It's it's like I, strange I, that I would do it. I see a lot of people like I watch a lot of these like 
internet or YouTube channels about yeah. movies. And like as an example of a studio sellout piece of shit hollow awful movie, yeah. they will cite Constantine as like mm. the ultimate piece of shit. Okay. And I like I see problems in the movie and I'm not I'm not going to sit here saying Constantine's amazing. Yeah. Cuz clearly Constantine is not amazing. Yeah. But it is not terrible. What a great in cast. Fact, I think it's got an awesome cast and it's got some really cool ideas in it. Yeah. It's certainly got like origin movie-itis in that it's got as much world building in it as it has storytelling. Mm -hmm. So that slows things down. Mm -hmm. And we've got this weird 50-50 thing going on with the cast in that we have some real bright spots, but we got some really low lows. I think that guy Bush, whatever his name is, Gavin, what's... Gavin... Let me look it it's up here. It's one of his few movies. Gavin Rossendale, I think is his name. Something like that. I think he actively sucks in the movie. And I think... And it pains me Balthazar, to say... Balthazar, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. bad. bad. Uh, and it, I think... And it pains me to say it, but this can be counted of one of the barely there Keanu performances. He yeah. just... Just isn't exciting or engaging in the movie. But Tilda Swinton as a renegade Gabriel... Or, um, what's his face from Fargo? Um, yeah, when he shows up, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare as the yeah. devil. Fucking killing it. Did you like him in that? I, 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 I thought he was funny. I, oh. I liked him as the yeah. devil. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a lot of patience for um, that. You know, Shia LaBeouf doing his Shia LaBeouf thing. Oh, yeah. Pruitt Taylor twitchy eyes from Identity doing his twitchy eye thing. Yeah. Uh, so like yeah, there's a bit much Rachel Weiss is good Rachel Weiss she anchors it a little bit more I think yeah. uh, so Jumon Hunsu I thought was serviceable and what serviceable not a great role for him but yeah not a lot for him to do no but yeah. just generally speaking there's these strange peaks and valleys throughout mm -hmm. the movie but yeah. there's something a little crazy and off kilter about it and I got a soft spot for it I mean I can't be enthusiastic about it uh, like it's not on our, our, my top 30 or any of our top 30 mm -hmm. lists mm -hmm. but I mean in a world where you know Roland Emmerich continues to make shit movie after shit movie why is it that everyone's so furious about Constantine like I honestly thought it was like the blowback from the the, the Matrix movies mm -hmm. the Matrix movies made money but I have to think even the most hardcore people in denial at least would have to concede they were diminishing returns yeah and Keanu was such hot shit because of the Matrix it mm -hmm. was like almost too big to fail so he had to right mm -hmm. yeah uh, it was also the thing that the John Constantine character especially in its original incarnation in a comic book, kind of looks like Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Like, it kind of looks like they that character was created to be played by Ewan McGregor with, yeah. like, three days of facial hair on his face. It was one of those things, they cast Keanu Reeves because he was the it boy of the moment, yeah. not because he was the right guy yeah. to play Constantine. Yeah. But I, in spite I, of all of this... Like, it's comfort food for me. It's one of those movies like the Friday the 13th, like, when I'm sick and I'm, like, barely there for the movie, I can put it on and it will divert me from my discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not great, but it doesn't suck the way people mm. seem to say it sucks. Yeah. And that's all I really wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? 
This message was brought to you by James Lawrence Parsons. It's not as sucky as people say. I mean, it sucks. Yeah, so that was worth mentioning. In I actually, really I, I, epic I saw this with a Constantine fan who had read the comic book series. So right. I walked out to like a barrage of anger. Oh, yeah, and a lot okay. of it was directed towards Keanu Reeves, but just the casting of him because he is this sort of sarcastic British cockneyed a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> who is pansexual, who has no problem you know, sleeping with boys, let alone women or demons. But and so, he's, he's, a, he's sort of the affable asshole. He does dickish things, but he's supposed to be charming in a Ferris Bueller kind of way. Yeah. None of it comes off charming in this movie. He yeah. just comes off mm. like a cold dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially yeah. when he's talking to somebody whose sister has... You know, His indifference is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, um, so I can understand why at least a lot of the fans of the comics would be upset with the movie. Um, I think it's it's engaging and, and strong enough. It plays like a very, very good supernatural episode in a lot of ways. And I think that's why time has been even more harsher to it, that we've seen this particular story, you know, the battle of heaven and hell appearing on Earth so many times right now. It's sort of, you know, the CW is famous for a TV series based on this sort of world. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I, this is not from Justin to Kelly or <laughs> even like the Twilight movies. It's not that bad. Interesting it just, ideas. Like yeah, the it way just he... diverted, I think, from the original source <coughs> material so much that it, it, it just brought a lot of ire from the, at least the geekdom community. Which like, is, is important demographic for this movie to be successful, the, the geek. It's the a, geeks it was need a little to, early before mm-hmm. like, it was a little before it's time in the way that the, the sort of geek culture was fully embraced yeah, by Hollywood right? yeah I guess 2002 was not like the Marvel Universe yeah. wasn't a real deal yet so yeah. like I have to say it does just start out pretty strong with the whole exorcism I thought that's you know that's a great that was way. an interesting trapping the demon within the mirror yeah. kind of cool yeah it falling out of the window but that demon arm just yeah. hanging out of it yeah. kind of a cool image yeah I like the whole passage into hell thing where he has to put his feet in a bucket of water and yeah. stare a cat in the eyes yeah there's something yeah. very specific and very strange and kind of interesting about that yeah the like, scene where he holds her underwater is yeah. kind yeah. of interesting before, yeah but yeah but it, yeah. it's well done. Um, it's also vision of hell like the way those demons have no eyes or, or like the, all they have on them is mouths basically yeah. the rest and of them you can see like, but did you like the, the whole hell look it um, felt so it's a very CGI very CGI but yeah. I've watched Spawn so after you yeah. see the hell environment of Spawn, like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> see, I, yeah, I, I thought that, that part was I had recently watched Deconstructing Harry, mm-hmm. uh, and Woody Allen pieced together hell in that, and I much preferred his version of hell uh, to, which is indeed hell, to the CGI thing. Give it this, we haven't seen that version of hell before. I didn't think no, so. I thought it was I uh, hadn't seen those a twenty first century Hollywood eyes. It looks like a like a post nuclear blasted wasteland more yeah. than it looks like hell. Mm-hmm. But then these weird demon things show up. But again, these are these isolated moments. Uh I, I, I was amused by the James Bond gadgetry while acknowledging how overtly silly that yeah. it was. Yeah. Um 
And, like, I would have been really impressed by the sprinkler system holy water thing, but I kind of felt like that was covered in other movies. Yeah. I liked it, though. Well, I don't know. I mean, Blade yeah, has something similar. And all yeah, that Blade does. Blade, they're, they're spraying blood. In yeah, the but, mist, they're spraying holy water. water but, yeah. Yes. But I, <laughs> what is the name of it's the female actor from Kiss Kiss Be- Monaghan? What's her name? Michelle, Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, she's got actually uh, a... Uh, well, a small cameo in there, a theatrical cut. She has actually a larger role. There's some extra deleted scenes where her role is expanded. Right. So you know, it's a little shout out to her. This is you know one of her earlier movies. Um, I like. When, when is she in it? She she shows up. There's a shot of her at the end when they're with the battle with Gabriel and then where Satan shows up. She's in that building initially when okay. Kina walks in and starts lighting literally a fire. Yeah. Okay. I loved uh, seeing Tilda Swinton get punched in the face as an angel, mm-hmm. uh, a being that's never experienced pain before. So it's a really big over-the-top reaction on her, but yeah. it would be an interesting thing to approach. Yeah. You've literally never felt pain before, and that actually really fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like you got to try to retain your composure. But I picture her sitting in that pool and crying for a couple of hours <laughs> before she gets brave enough to, yeah. like... like I thought that was really well played, you know? But then there are other things, like, did all of Constantine's sidekicks need to be killed off one at a time? (laughs) Like, did all of them literally, like, we're going to introduce this guy, then he's going to give his piece of information, and then we're going to kill him. And then we're going to introduce this guy. And he's going to give his piece of information, Uh, and they're going to kill him. And Shia LaBeouf is finally going to earn his place on his side, and, and then we're going to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was like, just like... Even though I kind of wanted him to be gone well, earlier. I don't miss the character necessarily, but it just seemed lazy that, like, <coughs> the entire supporting cast was introduced to be killed off. It's just kind of mm-hmm. irritating mm-hmm. to But me. that's <laughs> very much in the comic, though. Like, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the characters that okay. helped John Constantine end up But dead, if you're so. going to build a world, leave somebody left. If you were going to make a sequel, which they didn't, and I understand, and that's yeah. okay, but yeah. if you were going to make a sequel, basically all you had was John Constantine yeah. or I guess the devil so you weren't so big on the devil hey no <laughs> I, I thought he was no. delicious I love the, the, I, 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 I love yeah. that actor I mean I, we he is over the top about yeah. I will give you that but yeah. I, there was something about I it. think it lost patience with the movie at that point I mean it's, it's I love it's, that he does the whole childish cla- you know clappy dance it's, <laughs> it's a thumbs down through. review but it's not like thumbs way down uh, and I mean, like the, the the venom that you had for the Matrix. I thought, right. oh, well, we could be. We're in trouble. Is, are we going to be punching piano all, all over? This is maybe a lazy performance from him, but not as bad as. I get the feeling like done. he just misread the character. He thought the character was kind of like dark and cool. Yeah. Dour. But no, it's not like that at all. He just doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's mm-hmm. dying. And he deals with like yeah. crazy intangibles on a daily basis. Yeah. And if he steps on your toes, if he's a little bit of a drunken asshole, mm-hmm. well, I got bigger fish to fry than and being likable. And I like yeah. he, he's chain smoking through the whole thing. Again, very true. You comment. know, it's yeah, yeah. Th- there are small moments here and there to like some things uh, to really like. I my Rachel Weisz was my favorite part of the movie. She's yeah. always good, though. Yeah, she, I find. she is. Yeah, she's like when we're talking about Kate Blanchett or one yeah. of the, one of these people yeah. that can. Uh, she might not always be in great movies, but she's not going to go half-assed. No. Yeah, and and she in a way plays two roles in this, yeah. and uh, you know she 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 gave me more hope for this movie. 
Swinton was fine. I mean, we just don't see her for great chunks of the film. She shows up, and I, I really wanted to like Peter Stormare in, in this more than I did. I just... No, it worked for I've me. seen so many different versions. I, of I the thought devil he was and, delicious in, yeah. in his brief scenes. It's one of these things where he just—he's not a tormented devil. Like yeah. this dude really likes being the, the devil. devil. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, and I kind of appreciate that. Take and that's—he's that, not insecure. I don't know why I'm making a comparison to yeah. deconstructing Harry, but Billy Crystal's no kind Billy of Crystal. the de- <laughs> Billy Crystal enjoys being the devil too in that, and yeah. so. I can appreciate that. I think at this point the devil would have to accept his fate and sort of enjoy it so much because, you know, he's... And, again, like, and this is true to the books, every time he does a possession, he would basically, because hell will listen when the the demon's being sent back, Mm -hmm. he would basically piss in Satan's face. And he would do it knowingly as a damned soul because he'd taken Mm -hmm. his own life so... Uh, as far as he knows, his ticket is already bought and paid for. But in spite of this, he would shit talk the devil himself <laughs> on a regular basis because that's the kind of shit he would do, right? Yeah. And again, I think Keanu Reeves thought he was doing it because he was cool. But yeah, no, it's no. not that. It's a different thing entirely. Yeah. I think what's frustrating is there's there's a very very good movie in here. Oh yeah, yeah. and it just wasn't realized. Well, and this guy went on to do the Hunger Games movie. Yeah, I, 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 I recognized the director and I was just looking through... Which, once again, is sort of schizophrenic in its quality. Well, that's sort of, an, unfortunately, the story of his life. It's just almost but not quite. But I do Red believe... Red Sparrow, he also... That was, yeah, I haven't seen Red Sparrow. Yeah. But, like, I do believe that he's got a great movie in him. But yeah. most of the time, it's been it almost but not yet. quite... Like, I almost think I Am Legend was really cool, but yeah. not quite. Yeah, I, I, I watched know. it considering it for this list, but I then it know. was... Will Smith is so good in that movie, this too. There's good yeah. stuff in it, but yeah. overall... It, it kind of, towards the end, falls apart a bit. But I'm cheering for this guy. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's, there's just... There's something here. I yeah. get that it's not fully realized, yeah. but like... In all of the decade reviews, too, I, I mean, we did The Town That Dreaded Sundown, mm-hmm. which is a very 70s movie, but not a very good movie. In the 80s, when we talked about The Lost Boys, mm-hmm. it wasn't a great movie, but it was a very 80s movie. I do think that Constantine was a very 2002 movie. This it, is it, where, it makes perfect sense. This yeah. is where we yeah. were at in that yeah. decade. And mm-hmm. it's not a good example, necessarily, of the horror. It's not anywhere near the best of the horror movie, but everybody can relax a little bit about Constantine. It doesn't... Mm-hmm. It, it's it's diverting and fun and forgettable. It's not the worst thing that ever happened. Okay, yep. that's Boondock no. Saints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything no. else you want to say about? No, that? no. That's, that's pretty I, much I'm it. glad you brought it into this so that we could just talk about something that's Constantine. totally different. It yeah. didn't make anybody's list, but it's. Uh, if right. you want to like Constantine, I think you'll get something out of it. I, I, but I, if you want to pull I a thread. You'll win. If you fight this movie, you'll win. I think I started with a negative attitude about it, and then I got into it, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, these actors are in this, there there must be stuff to like, and and so I I found myself liking it more than I thought I was going to, and I, cheering for it in some ways, or it's like when they would take a misstep, like, you just, don't do that, like, it's so, so close to being... Um, even just a, like a thumbs up type of review would be. We're living in the age of John Wick now. Yeah, yeah. he is um, big again, so maybe people will give it another day in court. Yeah, I will say this. You know, as as a casual moviegoer or as a you know enthusiastic moviegoer, I, I think as a film, Constantine is definitely entertaining enough. I understand why the fans of the comics hate this movie. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it, and the liberties it takes. 
but it's by sure not a movie that deserves, I think, a lot of the hate that I see. And so I agree with you on, on that end. I yeah. mean, it's not the film version of The Dark Tower. No, which no, is like, no, like, no. Why don't you just, This is like, not X versus Sever. No, this is, no. This is not Baby Geniuses. This is not even, um, uh, you know, Aragon. That, uh, yeah, the oh, Forgettable yeah. Dragon movie. Yeah, yeah. like, no. no the, the, it's Constantine. It's Constantine. Constantine! <laughs> <laughs> Top ten time, you guys. Nice. It's Woo! getting real. It's been an interesting chat. Long chat already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. I'm not asking us. I'm not. I'm not asking us to rush to the finish line. But okay. I just. I'm interested because I feel like Lee and I will have a lot of crossover, but mathematically, there's no way we're gonna have like ten for ten. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. And I'm also interested because I have no idea what Jason's list is. I'm the wild card. Yeah. I've heard 20 of your picks, and, and, and again, this is not a criticism at all, yeah. but from what I've heard, I have no idea where, 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 where we're going to there's, yeah, there's <laughs> go. There's going to be some entries, entries that I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> no, about? No, 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 no. And there might be some where you go, like you said with a couple of them, I'm not sure that's a horror movie. Right. And so that, well, again, but respect, like the Zodiac pick, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. I no, no. fucking love that. No, movie. don't, don't, don't <laughs> understand. Zodiac? <laughs> Oh, yes, yes. Oh. You should see the action that leads no, 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 no. Like, right now. <laughs> I have it in honorable, honorable mentions, and I had the conversations with Parsons. I did ask him if he put Zodiac on. Yeah. Because one of those, it's so good. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I almost want to go watch it. <laughs> right it's now. Right now, yeah. 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 No, like, I would not be upset if we did. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I got three hours to go. We already, we've, been, <laughs> yeah. we've been talking movies for several hours. And yeah, we, we aren't actually watching any, which is. Yeah. But, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. let's do this. Mr. Beckman. Yes. Top 10 time. The 10th best horror film from the Nazis. Well, I, I freely admit that my love of werewolves comes into play here. Uh, and once again, a little sort of, you know, patriotic, you know, pride, you know, because. It's a, a Canadian, but it's a it's, Canadian idea. It's Canadian idea, yes. <laughs> but it's also a resounding, amazingly well-made, put together with great uh, puppetry and, and other sort of uh, practical effects. And that is Ginger Snaps. Yeah, of course. Ginger Snaps is just mm-hmm. a great horror film, whether it came from Canada or not. I love mm-hmm. the angles that it has. With you know, a, a sort of associating werewolf with a, you know, budding sexual, uh, with a, you know, young girl, mm-hmm. puberty, not yeah. really sexuality, but puberty. Um, it's a funny movie too. <laughs> and how about that Mimi Rogers? When's the last yeah. time yeah. that you just kind of meant went, to mention her? When we... Mimi Rogers, good for you. She seems to actually do give some great Canadian performances. I remember a movie years ago. Uh, this weird sort of religious cult movie she did in Canada, like uh, sure. the raping or something. I can't remember. At the risk of sounding like a heterosexual male, yeah, Catherine Isabel is ridiculously fucking hot in that movie oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> she just. Is. I say this. Yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah, right? yeah, no, she's playing yeah. like a teenage no, girl. No, no, yeah. But how old was she when she did? Like, and I and I we all yeah. came off cro- came across as pigs now, so yeah. you have to understand but that. I here's the thing. I do have to say that they they seemed like. 
Like I, I love the sisters. I love all. They they did seem it's a usual thing where they seem older than they actually. Yeah, I think were. I didn't believe she was having love, her period I, for the first I love, time. No. I love both but the sisters. They're, they're but they're so such, such good actors. So great yeah. characters in anyways. We, yeah. we, we we can go on and on and on about how and awesome we will. Ginger Snip Ginger Snaps is. And I, I can't believe you put it that low. I, I know, that's just me. But th- there was actually one version of the list where it wasn't on. Which oh, I, you, you two would have been like, taking turns slapping me on that. That would have cost you. You know, because okay. I it, But it's so. What's your. To me, it's personal, yeah. My number 10 is Hard Candy. Okay. Uh, okay. Very, I, I, very uncomfortable movie to watch. Ellen Page. I understand. Is it. so. Like, you side with her because. But at the same time, you're like. They're both okay, monsters. does the punishment equal the They're crime? both monsters. We're see, we're seeing, they're, they're both horrible people. Well, what we're and, seeing is like the like budding that. start of a female serial killer. Yes. I mean, she's so methodical. Everything that she has done and the psychological terror. And there is... Uh, I'm not sure how many people have seen this, but there for a male, there is a sequence which is so... So uncomfortable yeah. to sit yeah. through. It does make you somewhat feel vulnerable. It, it, ma- it made me feel director. so uncomfortable. Sorry, same director did Thirty Days of Night. David uh, Slade that uh, I talked about at the yeah. top of yeah. the list. And my my thing about that, I, I like the movie. I I respect the choice. It's not on the list. Mm-hmm. A little bit more psychological to me, but I get it. I mm-hmm. get it. Um, Which is what I yeah, no, no, talked about props, the psychological. Uh, props, props. But to me, this is like yeah, two monsters meet each other and one monster eats the other one. Yeah, that, that's basically what we're seeing. I it's don't. Such a cold one. I don't like or respect the idea that this is like a raw raw hero thing for the no. Ellen Page character. There are people who have that interpretation of it, and I don't like that. But if you look at it as I think the movie is intended, as yeah, two monsters meet each other and one eats the other, you can get you can get off on that. But uh, yeah, no, but is she still not a vulnerable person? Like given her age, no. I mean, like because she has she this loves ability, what she's doing. as horrible she as it is, she loves what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, she loves it. But it's very targeted. I mean, it's not like no, she. Well, she's. It's like the Dexter thing. Yeah. it's okay because she's targeting a bad person. I don't know that that's true. Yeah. I don't know that that's true. It's not true for Dexter, and I don't think it's true here. Yeah. But I do think it's an interesting, thought-provoking and, movie. And yeah. I, I, I appreciate uh, Wilson, Patrick, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. He will take on some ugly, ugly characters. Oh, no problem. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. he's he's awful. I'm not defending his yeah. character, by the yeah. way. I'm like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I like part of the movie is enjoying watching this dude squirm. And should you enjoy it? Right. But it's that's like a Labute film, and that's the, oh, that's some ways where you're like. Should I be cheering for this? No, I shouldn't be cheering for this. But yeah, he's horrible. And then at the end, yeah, they're both horrible people. Well, I'll be talking about Labute actually later on at some point. Oh, so. okay. uh, not not yeah. about one of the movies. Not, not about one of the movies. When we're doing one of the reviews, anyway. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Okay. So we're going to So I'm right with Lee for the first time. We've actually aligned completely. Oh. Ginger Snaps is my number, number 10, ten as well. Uh, I understand people might say, "Oh, this is biased." They're Canadians. There are some. There's some wonky performances, mm-hmm. and there is some weak special effects. But I really legit think the angle they took on the werewolf mm-hmm. is brilliant. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 aged really well. Yeah, I think that yeah. it's it's a great movie for teenagers, but it's still mm-hmm. a great movie for adults as well. Yeah, it's got that Canadian weirdness that I always like to talk about, definitely yeah. all over it. So once again. Ginger snaps. Yep. We've all we've all represented for ginger snaps. Good for yeah, us. Yeah, it's a three. Yeah. <laughs> number nine, Mr. Beckman. I assume nobody else has anything more to no, say. No, about no, no, no. So number nine. This is where I turn to you and kind of give me a what? 
Because at number nine, I have Alexander Aja's The Hills Have Eyes remake. It's a and, and, and hard it, movie, man. And, and and for someone who has championed so hard for that film, but me agreeing with you, yeah. I'm just surprised you haven't, like, not even on the top ten, but not even on your list. Right. This movie takes, it actually does better on some things that the original tries. Um, I'm a fan, don't yeah, get me wrong. Like, even the new, the new angles they took, uh, it's, it's, it's impressive. Um, it's beautifully shot. I like me some Ted Levine. The, mm-hmm. the Winnebago sequence is still. In both of those movies, the assault on the camper sequence is just unbelievable. It's, yeah. a, it's, 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 it's an incredibly yeah. horrifying sequence. And I have a lot of respect for Aja, and I like the original, and I like the remake, but I don't know. For some reason, one of my stupid arbitrary rules. I was going to put a remake in that slot and I had so, to choose between Dawn of the Dead and Hills of Eyes. You want to have a variety. You don't want to have yeah. two, two remakes. In a yeah. okay. I do like the movie a lot. I do also think that it, it has a much narrower audience than the Dawn of the Dead remake. See, this is... There's people who will really like this movie and then there's mm-hmm. the rest of the world who yeah. will be appalled by it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I have watched both. For whatever reason, the original sticks with me because it's just so nuts. It is so horrible and out there yeah. that I, I, I just did. I this felt too safe, and it's not safe. It really is not safe at all. But it didn't have the impact I was, I was waiting for, to feel what I did with the original, and it never happened. And that's I like the cast a lot. Uh, there was uh, one woman I was excited to see in the movie, Vanessa Shaw. She was in Eyes Wide Shut, which is a one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but that's kind of as far as it got. I mean, I, I just thought it was... Uh, it, it wasn't as out there. It, but it that, felt and it's probably a good thing that it's not as out there. There's a couple of... There's one absurd moment where one of the kill folks, like, pulls the head off of a bird mm-hmm. and squishes the guts into its mouth. <laughs> like... That was completely gratuitous and needless, mm-hmm. and it was just one of the things that they wished to shake my head and said, you guys went for it. But there's also a scene, I think you guys will know what to talk about it if I say it, uh-huh. but one of the characters has a last gasp. Yeah. And it is one of the more purely horrifying, isolated moments of the decade. Like, yeah. that moment by itself, like, it was already terrible, and then she was still alive for a few seconds. Yeah. And it just, it just, it just hung in the air. Like, like... It, it, it got my blood up. It was one of those movies where I was mad on behalf of the family, and I really wanted in both versions. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, they, they're great villains. It's a weird one, because for me, the remake made me reassess and reappreciate the original. The first one, yeah. So, That's interesting. Because um, I'd seen it when I was really young and yeah. didn't have as... Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have as a close... Uh, as an attachment to it, so... Yeah. I like it a lot now. Yeah. It ranked quite high in the 70s. So, so, so yeah. just color me surprised it didn't make it, but... There it was. Mm-hmm. Number nine. Number nine for me is The Gift, directed by Sam, Sam Raimi. Excellent. Rewatched it again. I saw it in Once theaters again, back in the day, and it was even more effective I on a rewatch. I feel not on the list. Oops. Yeah. This is the one I missed, folks. This is one of the... It seems like we're regularly talking about great ensemble casts, but yeah. they, they, they pieced us together, and this was... Billy Bob post Sling Blade, and he was he was just randomly directing all the pretty horses and co- co-writing this and trying all. He didn't act in the movie, um, but the perspective he brought to it, I, I feel, is in there. I felt like he he knew this town and all of its quirks, and um, 
I, I like that there's a supposed plot twist, which I think was somewhat predictable, but then there's another one which is not predictable. All of what you said before was like every note I had about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, good for Keanu Reeves. When he plays uh, a villain, though, this racist, redneck jerk, um, he is so good. That's that's where I almost thought he could act, yeah. you know? Uh, uh, and he's having a resurgence right now because of John Wick and, and several other things. But, but Rabisi was so good, too. And I don't always like Giovanni Rabisi. No, you got to be careful how you use him, but he's perfect in that role. Mm-hmm. Hilary Swank, too, fairly hot yeah. off her Oscar, um, yeah. playing a very low-status character. Compared to the other, yeah. like characters that she's played yeah. I mean but you know. like some actresses wouldn't want to play a just a beaten wife character is not mm-hmm. good but not only that she loves her husband and mm-hmm. doesn't follow the good advice she's like a much more realistic portrayal and a lot yeah. of a lot of actresses would say no I have to be can we change it so that she's stronger and it would no. feel less truthful no. right yeah. uh, and good for her for taking mm-hmm. it on and again a small supporting role from this like fantastic no, no no it's 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 a amazing Gary Cole's in there I mean yeah. the, everyone's it's, good everyone's good from yeah. Greg Kinnear it's a, down it's a, it's a great story too I mean if you just want because you're all about story yeah. yeah if you want to just experience a great story and you think you know what's going to happen and it, it goes in a different direction um very impressive, and it was before uh, Tom Cruise married Katie Holmes, so she was allowed to oh, do yes. Katie Holmes certain briefly scenes. naked in it. Yeah. Note. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel so bad that I actually missed uh, Kate Blanchett's performance in The Gift when I was talking about you know amazing female performances mm-hmm. in horror movies because it's like she's given a gift of a character. It's a, and yeah, she's and, and she good, and she nails even it. if the movie isn't good. Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Is I, I just saw that Bernadette movie. And if she is not in that movie, it is a bomb. Right. But it's in, in, in yeah. above average comedy. Yeah. Because she is so Kate good. Blanchett, we love you. So we're going to go back to familiar care- territory for my number nine. We have talked about this movie, but I do think it's important and significant. Paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a middle of the afternoon yeah. scary movie. Yeah. Like, uh, and it's one of these things. Like, I, I've, I've had it happen to me a couple times in my life. And I don't know if it's like some. I don't know. I understand why I have a, a fear of sharks, even though it's unrealistic, right? And I understand why I have a, a fear of bad situations blooming out of when I'm like feeling vulnerable and away from home. But every now and then, I'll be at my house or I'll be staying at someone else's house and I'll be by myself. And for no reason, for no reason, I get creeped out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In my own house. Yeah. I remember one particular case at my, my mom's place. It was Christmas time and everybody else went out shopping and I wanted to stay and watch the Raid Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> because I person, I didn't want to fight the throngs in the mall. No. I wanted to watch some kick-ass action. Yeah. Yeah. So that was what I was doing. And I, I, I just realized, I turned off the movie and I was just trying to decide what I wanted to do, but I was terrified. Like, I was <laughs> not a little bit unnerved. I was creeped the fuck out for no reason. And whatever that feeling is, is what Oren Pelly tapped in yeah. to for this Paranormal Activity movie. And yeah, sure, watch it with the lights out and if you want to, get that atmospheric thing. But there's something that is so vulnerable about this movie. It, it is very, very, very frightening. So that sense of paranoia, that, that, that there's something you, around that you can't see, or this, that you're in a safe place, your place, your haven, and that for whatever reason you don't feel safe there. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't believe in devil stuff, and I've said in the past, usually like uh, 
demonic stuff doesn't tend to work on me mm-hmm. as far as being scary, but I gotta say, this movie creeped me yeah. the fuck out. And uh, I, I've had a weird relationship with the movie. It's sort of like the, the horror Indiana Jones franchise, where yeah. I feel like the odd number of entries in the franchise mm-hmm. are quite good, but the even entries yeah. are not very good at all. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's how I feel about Paranormal franchise, but uh, it... It stayed with me and continues to, and I, I I believe the press on it. But as I said, I, I'm a big defender of found footage, as I've always been. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was the Blair Witch of this decade for me. I mean, yeah. if it's about scaring me, it, it, that probably should be the number one. There I mean, it, it, for whatever reason, I did not sleep after watching this, and I, I can't explain it. And and I thought, okay, well, that was just the first time. But watching it again for this. There's still still gave me goosebumps in places, and I, I I just can't explain it. I'm on. Sorry, guys. I'm on. Like, uh, team I'm, Demon. On Team Demon. Yeah. But halfway through, I just switched to Team Demon, and, right. and and I like it's not that I didn't jump at certain spots. Even the end, I kind of like went. But I I, I I got to a point where I was cheering for the boyfriend's death. Yeah, you're not alone. It's yeah. sort of like the Blair Witch thing. A lot of people yeah. hate that central female performance mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah. I disagree with it the way I disagree with the Mika thing here, but yeah. I also understand it. So. Yeah. yeah. Paranormal Activity, number nine. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So at number eight, uh, and I'm so glad he went back to this well, and I can understand... You calling it, you know, uh, that sort of the long lost Evil Dead movie, but uh, Sam Raimi's uh, sort of lovely gypsy folk tale, uh, uh, Faustian kind of tale of Drag Me to Hell is just an hour 45 great goodness. Um, I think it is generally more terrifying than Evil Dead 2. Don't get me wrong, I think Evil Dead 2 is, pardon me, excuse me, classic horror comedy. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff, and not that there isn't humor in this one too, but I don't know. Like the La- Lamia creature is just an evil, evil, evil villain who, even we see at the start, has no problem taking children. Yeah. Uh, and just the use of shadow and the use of sound. Like that's one thing that I think Raimi does so well. Sound, yeah. Is like he knows a horror movie mm-hmm. sometimes can be successful if you're putting this over your ears. It is a you know, well-made, loud movie, yeah. uh, along with the sort of you know gallows humor, you know, with the monsters. To this day, cannot understand how that's PG thirteen, but I don't want to talk about it more because <laughs> we, 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 we will. Should we just table that for the review? Table. I'm, pre- I'm prepared to, to be sold. Oh, drag yes. me <laughs> Let's put it that way. All right. Drag me to hell. Okay. Okay. Number eight. Yep. This is where I put Pontypool, uh, and it, it, it was very. At one point, it was second. I mean, it's it's gone up and down here. What a original, clever idea! And I know there's source material which I have not read, but for for a horror movie, and it's it's a heady idea. And on the surface, it seems like a really simple concept, and most of it happens in this radio station town hall thing. Um, Again, as being Canadian, we can sort of identify with this setting and him driving early in the morning yep. and this horrible cool, day, yeah. but it starts really creepy from the beginning. There's a, a jump scare where there's that that woman who's trying to communicate with him and cannot, and it's like, well, what's, what's going on? And great performance. Uh, I, I still... I've watched it a lot, and I want to watch it more because I, I still don't feel like I completely have my head around Did all you? aspects, but it's... It doesn't matter because it 
it is scary and it is interesting and it's just a solid film and it, I did you, you said it hasn't caught on as much did you stay past the end credits yeah okay yeah I, that, that one last stinger has always been a mystery to yeah me. that I don't know if you have any answers I, I, yeah and that's what I was hoping to get from look if you're stumbling upon Pontypool, I don't know, in your Netflix queue, or like people don't go to video stores anymore. No. But I can understand someone saying, oh, another zombie movie, and moving on. Don't. No, no, no. Don't. Check this one out. It is so don't. good. Yeah. So, it is so good. I think we're all agreed. Yeah. Yes. Um, in seventh, or sorry, eighth position. Uh, no, I've done eighth. No, well, you I haven't. I haven't sorry. done eighth. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do my rank as well. Okay. So. <laughs> Shame uh, me. Horror so, anthologies have been a soft spot of mine forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, Michael Doherty did this Halloween orgy called Trick or Treat. Yo, oh, I wanted to see it before this. Oh, is, it, is it as good as... I am a big, big, oh. big, big fan of this. It's, good. It is like a Halloween tradition yeah. for me. Yeah, anyway. to play it on Halloween is a, is a really good choice. Too. Um, mm-hmm. He's like... He'd been Brian Singer, actually, I believe. Was it Brian Singer? Produced he was, was going to produce it, yeah. He did produce it, and this is right around the time he stopped doing the X Men mm-hmm. and he started yeah. doing Superman. And mm-hmm. there was some hurt feelings in the studios, so yeah. they basically buried this movie. Yeah. And in spite of that, it's got this huge cult and earned cult reputation. Like, you really it. can't believe. Is there a good cast in there too? Brian Cox. Yeah. Anybody a fan of Brian Cox? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I can't remember the name of the other. The, um, Anna Paquin's in it. There's there's some names, yeah. and each one of the stories has a little twist. Yeah. And horror savvy people will probably see some of them coming. Oh yeah. yes. But it's packed full, and it's one of those weird things. Like the weakest part of the movie for me is the opening kill, <laughs> for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. But the genius of the movie is that it works all the way back to the opening kill again. Yeah. And when you come to the opening kill again at the end of the movie, yeah. you really like it. Yeah. <laughs> So like it's just like this this jewel. I love every one of the stories. It's hard to pick a favorite. I guess I could if I had to, but yeah. like it, it's they're, just they're it's wall to wall joy. Not, yeah, yeah there, well, there's not one bad story in that nope. movie. That that's the thing. That's well, good. Prepare to be shocked and surprised because <laughs> at number seven, I have trick or treat as go. well. Mm-hmm. I. I, I couldn't believe that this film never made it to theaters. Yeah. Like I I understand some films being like dropped by the studio, but this would this this probably would have made a good mint. Like it would have been it would have properly it, it, supported. I mean, it like, would have made its money like back, back to its release for sure. Um, it's uh, I don't know, man. Um, what, what more can I say? It's, <laughs> I totally I'm nodding my head in agreement. Yeah. Trick or treat. Uh, I think for my money, the, the, the most terrifying story is the one with the bus and the kids. Yeah. That one when they start coming back, and you knew it was coming, but still, you were just terrified to see them actually come back. And it's fun and scary. Yeah. But, like, it's a good, relatively safe horror movie. Like, you're not going to walk away feeling bad. In fact, yeah. it'll mm-hmm. probably energize you. Like, yeah, it's, it's not one of these depressing... No, no. And no. it's immersively no. short, too. Very short for the amount of stories that they're no. telling. Yeah. Like, like surprisingly efficient, so yeah. yeah. I don't know, like yeah. Trick or treat, peoples. Mm-hmm. Trick or treat, yeah. <laughs> Jason Duvray. Number seven is one I I know it's on at least one, maybe it's all three of our lists here. Session nine, directed by Brad Anderson. Uh, what a perfect setting for a movie. Like you've talked about when your next movie that you make is going to be taking a setting and just. Using, using it, it and uh, yeah. this this uh, 
former mental institution with these horrible like uh, techniques that they used, mm-hmm. and it's a, a great place. And we ne- we never feel that comfortable in the movie, which is, and I, I feel like I can predict a lot of things, and when they they kind of trick you with oh this one character's behind all of this and well that makes perfect sense given the actor that they've cast yeah. like oh no no you met you've you have totally messed with my mind here and I should have seen it coming it is it is such a good movie it is it is short uh, it's to the point uh, but there's so much happening deeply psychological it's one it's the best thing David Crusoe has done since he left NYPD Blue you know <laughs> I think. I also like just the ordinariness of the situation. This is a crew of people removing asbestos from an yeah. old building. Yeah. That's their job. They're, they're, they're working good. Like, it's a dangerous job, but yeah. they, they basically do the same thing repeated over and over again, and they just go to the wrong building. And uh, mm-hmm. they have their own flaws when they start there, but the, everything bad about their psychology is exacerbated by the building. Like the and one guy has stolen the other guy's wife, and so there's this tension between these guys and... And, uh, you know, spoilers, when the one guy goes missing, it's like, oh, who are you to blame? Oh, yeah, I, I guess uh, the guy who, uh, you know. It's got to be Josh Lucas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Love it. Yeah. yeah. We're going to no, be talking no. about it again. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 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 I, I quite agree. I'm not disagreeing on anything you're saying. We will be visiting this film again. Yeah. All right, seventh place, Wreck. Yeah. Yep. It's like an amazing found footage movie and it's an amazing zombie movie. And those two genres get beat up on all of the time and I get sick of it. And here sits a movie that's exceeding at doing both of them. Until the recent Train to Busan, like it was one of the, it's right up there with my favorite zombie movies. Like like 28 Days Later, obviously, I have a lot of respect for that Dawn remake. And then there's been an ocean of zombie movies out oh, there, right? Yeah. So you need your ponty pools to stand up and wave and, and make themselves known. And Wreck fucking makes it, it so yeah. known. I'm not in my head in approval. Yep. So, yeah, watch Wreck. Yes, I will. <laughs> Says That's your number six, brother. All right. So, once again, we had a resurgence of Asian horror. And uh, oddly enough, I think one of the best is another American remake of The Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great mystery ghost story with a lot of creepy images and sort of great satire on the whole, you know, you know the videotape that kills kind of a thing. Um, I, I, I'd seen in this before I saw the, you know, the original Japanese version. I knew nothing was coming. I even was surprised. Like, so I didn't know the story at all. Yeah. And I thought we had our ending uh, right when... Uh, she releases the spirit from the well. Yeah. And all is good. Yeah. And now credits should roll. Yeah. And then they mm-hmm. say, you, you mean you didn't... You, you, oh, you let her out? Why did you let her out? Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's this really awful villain and then comes to the TV and... It's one of those oh. reveals that if it works, it kind of works because in your heart you know the movie should be over yeah and the fact that the movie isn't over tells you oh shit something's gonna go down yeah I think uh, actually Drag Me to Hell tries a very similar thing in its third act yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I like the ring. I just think it's 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 already showed its age. Okay, like the VHS medium yes. is like like better in itself, and it seemed pretty rapidly to show its age. And it was early in this thing where they were treating the film uh, digitally to sort of drain the saturation and colors oh, yeah. out of it. And it was there was a while there where it was being overused. 
and I think it's one of those movies that sort of it's a tells of its time because of that tactic but mainly it's one of the rare remakes that I think for me kind of improved on the original so points mm. there you go yeah I'm not quite there with it but okay and yeah, maybe I'll, I'll revisit it I All promise right. you I'll watch it again and okay. because I I think it it, it had uh, a lot of influence in the part really part of the decade but okay he ranked it lower than I ranked it so yeah all uh, right, number six, continuing with Asian horror, even though the ring wasn't, but it was a remake. Uh, a Tale of Two Sisters is where, that's where it is. Madam, I, I wanted to watch it again, just so it was a little bit more fresh in my mind. Right. You're reminding me with some of the examples you're coming up with, but the thing that struck me about it is just being blown away the first time watching. You can never go I'm back scared. to the first time you no. watch a movie, and visually it is so amazing. If you love horror movies, you have to, have to, have to see this movie. I don't know how you're getting a copy of it. Maybe Larry has one. And <laughs> he'll send it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I've had trouble. I was looking at streaming services to see it again, and I, I, I just could not have it so, not in my top ten because I couldn't get a copy of it. So so patient, so composed, and yeah. so slow burn genuinely is, chilling. Yeah. Like, yeah, genuinely chilling. And yeah. at the end, I, I, I get it. Devastated. I get it, folks. <laughs> Do you want to say anything more about Tale of Two Sisters? No, no. Like, like I said, it's one of those movies that when I had to make this decision, it was like I just really Tale of Two Sisters is not going on. It. I I understand. In sixth place, I have my third and final tie. And in true to Larry form, it's related to a director. Anyone want to guess? George A. Romero. Danny Boyle. Guillermo del Toro. They would have oh, had okay. to have made movies that decade. So, <laughs> so uh, The Devil's Backbone yep. and Pan's Labyrinth. Oh. Yeah. By Guillermo del Toro. They, he calls them brother and sister movies. Mm -hmm. Thematically, they both deal with a child. I think it's both the Spanish Civil War, isn't it? Mm, yep. is yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. They're both children growing up around terrible points in history yes. who encounter supernatural entities. There's there's a lot of things similar to them. Unpopularly, I personally prefer The Devil's Backbone to Pan's Labyrinth. Really? I do. It, well, Pan's Labyrinth, I think my friend Ashley Puchkowski fairly accurately called it the Schindler's List of fantasy movies. Yeah. Like, it is fucking brutal and devastating. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Like, it's a heavy movie. Yeah. And, like, it, Devil's Backbone has got its dark corners, too. But yeah. there's a wink of hope to that movie. Yeah. And, and Pan's Labyrinth, depending on how you choose to interpret yeah, the Yeah, that is. You can say that it's a wonderful, lovely fantasy, but, like, you're subjected to a lot Ooh, of darkness. Yeah, that that's why Pan's Which I, I don't think I expected going in. No. no. I probably should have, but I, I didn't. See, that's why I was Pan's is, like, dark fantasy. Right. But, but the, the movies, because yeah. they are so close, and yeah. because I love Guillermo, I'm going to let him share the spot. Yeah. I think... The Devil's Backbone is one of it. It, it does hit all the check boxes yeah. of like your industry standard ghost movie, but it's executed yeah. beautifully. Yeah, and Man's Labyrinth is 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 the Guillermo del Toro movie, and it is the way that he approaches brutal violence on one hand, and how the monsters in his universes are always both beautiful and scary. Yeah, like the design of them themselves are just fascinating. Yeah, I don't know how else to say it because it sounds hacky, but they just feel more real than other yeah. monsters to me. Mm -hmm. Even even his goofier stuff like Hellboy and Mimics, mm -hmm. somehow those monsters feel 
more thought out, more real to me than than a lot of other movies. I love me some Guillermo. So yeah. there so is. I guess confession is I, I need to give Devil's Backbone another day in court. I think it was one of those movies where I was not in the right mood for it. Right. Um, I mean, at the same time, I understand how good it is. It just didn't make, make my list, but I understand. Yeah. I think it's kind of a tough one to get to. Probably now it is. Yeah. Yeah. See, it was early 2001. They reissued it after he did Blade. Yeah. Oh. And there was this big banner across the top from the director of Blade 2. And I'm like, this is a fantastic movie. And I hope that maybe more people watch that because of it. But putting Blade like, 2 on, on there is such a, a fucking slap uh, in the face. Yeah. 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 Uh, anything to say here? Are we going to be talking more about Panther? We, we, <laughs> we might be talking about. Right. Yeah. Well, let's keep it moving. Number five, Mr. Beckman. So at number five, uh, we've all, all talked about this movie enough. Uh, it's Brad Anderson's Session 9. Yay! You know, this movie is terrifying, and no yes. one really knew about it when it first came out. It was one of those... It went to the Broadway Theater, did it not? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But I didn't see it till VHS. I'm on your recommendation, so thank you. Um, this movie is just a terrifying ghost story. It's, in a lot of ways, it's another kind of version of The Shining in, in, in I, I got The Shining from it too also yeah. in yeah. common with Pan's Labyrinth it's a terrifying ghost story if you want it to be mm-hmm. I don't it could be it could be interpreted another way it could and I, it really could I, I think I was taking it another way because hmm. when you said ghost stories uh, well yeah yeah yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I well, clung to the psychological because that's what I tend to do. But, yeah, yeah, you know, it preyed on the weak will. Those the people. weak and the weary. Yes. Yeah. Hello, gorgeous. Yeah. So session nine, Brad Anderson. Number five. Number great. five. This is where Antichrist sits. Lars von Trier. Wow. It, it, it is so bleak and so horrible, and I mean the the idea of losing a child and we'll talk about a lot more with the review uh is horrible but all of the information around that and then where it goes i did not know what to expect other than i I saw it because i heard it was controversial and i i kind of like von Trier. i don't think i like him as a person but i like his art some of the movies I'm like, oh my god, no. Uh, and others I, I really, really like. I like Melancholia um, as well. So I haven't seen his latest movie, but... The House that Jack built, yeah. Yeah, but An- Antichrist is impactful. Look. I, but I feel like I have been through a lot by the end of it, as have the characters and anybody who sees it. It is not for everyone. No. It really is not. I expected it to be on your list. I... Uh, I guess, at the risk of sounding condescended, uh, condescending, I'm disappointed how high it is. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, uh, I get it. I get that it's a horrifying movie, and I get that it's at times beautiful, and I get, like I said earlier, that there's amazing acting in it, but uh, it doesn't get me to liking the movie. It, it gets me to respecting it, not liking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I have it on my list. I have it on my list. Not not as high as this. I can argue that I think there's a lot of value to the movie. Um, I'm just, I'm surprised it's that high. But, but I I mean, it's on my list. I I can't stop thinking about it. It's the problem. I I maybe don't want to be thinking about it, but it is. It creeps in there. All right, so in fifth position, I started this list with a vampire movie and saying that I'm not a big vampire man, but when it comes to vampire movies, let the right one in. 
Yep. Yeah. Let the, the right, right one, one in. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's the best vampire movie ever made. Period. You can make that argument, I think. I'd have to think about that before committing to that, but it's definitely one of the best ever made. It's the story of this bullied little boy who makes friends with a vampire who moves in next door, and the, the repercussions of which are fantastic for him yeah. and devastating for everybody around him. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's got this absolutely amazing ending to it where it, when you're watching it, it's like, this is a happy ending. And slowly the smile melts away from your face you as you think about how it. Awful it's it is. so far from a happy ending. Yeah. But you're still kind of satisfied. <laughs> like yeah. it's such a great, great movie. It's like if Igmar Bergman truly made a horror movie in a lot of ways. Two thousand eight, Thomas Alfredson, he made a terrible thriller recently called The Snowman. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah uh, he hates it. But um uh, I wouldn't give up on the director, right? I mean, he did also did Tinker Tailor Soldier. Which is yeah, it's like, pretty solid. So not horror, but it's just a. But yeah, I like him a lot, and I liked him right out of the gate. I I have warmed to the remake, but honestly, watch the original, please. Mm. Yeah. And then, if you really liked it and you're curious then, then about watch, it, yeah. yeah. If you yeah, I, I unfortunately I didn't re reverse, but that didn't change things. I mean, a great yeah. movie is a great movie, yeah. and it is a great movie. Yeah. And it's always tricky if you're anchoring your horror movie on children. It's a fucking crapshoot, mm -hmm. and these kids are awesome. Yep. So let the right one in. Well, fifth place. It's kind of ironic because we are once you know crossing over once again. At number four, I have let the right one in. Um, to be perfectly honest, <coughs> from four to one, the the differences are so minor. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it can be. Like to me, they're so. The minor movies we're talking about are great. That on, on a different day, it would could be number one or at least switch places. Yeah. But this is how good these horror movies are. Mm -hmm. um, Let the right one in is both also a very sad movie. Like that opening shot in that sort of beaten down complex and all the mm -hmm. snow is falling. You feel sh such yeah. sorrow and empathy for Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, that you just want somebody to like this kid, and in some ways you are that kid. And I've rarely mm. seen bullying portrayed so well either. Mm -hmm. Those bullies are awful. I, they I, love being bullied. I actually mm -hmm. think it. I'm, I might argue it's the best movie about bullying ever. Right. Because it it doesn't sugarcoat it. It doesn't all. sugarcoat no. it at all. No. And yet, does the punishment fit the crime? Like with the hard candy argument too. Yeah. Is yeah. That kind of. <laughs> that like what what else like what he was gonna do to that kid? I'm like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, yeah. and 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 the way it's shot. Oh, that scene is so so good. Sorry, I, I jumped on your um, your no no no. That underwater pool sequence oh. at the end though is such imaginatively shot and well made, and you just, and you already know how powerful our vampire is at that point. Yeah, but the fact that she just cuts through those children on such like that, that hand going underneath the water is just. And I argue the one guy isn't a child. I mean, the age that he is, yeah, he should know better than to be yeah. picking on this little kid. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, like once again, nothing but love. And like I said, from four to one, I don't think we're we're going to change all that much. No, I we're think. pretty close. Oh, I saw your like 
the sadness in your heart with Antichrist. But, but that's, <laughs> sorry, brother. That's, we always have that's, trouble with your number fives. Wasn't your number five? That for, was my number five. So if, the yeah. last time your number five was was the what, was it four or five for Lost Highway? That was Highway. Yeah, we just yeah. derailed the whole podcast. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, yeah, and the reviews. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your number four? Number four is Bill Paxton's Frailty. Oh wow! Uh, it's oh, just it yeah. just sit. It's so compact. I rewatched it last night because it was the first one of the ones we're reviewing mm-hmm. that we watched, and I just wanted to get more notes down because because uh, I just watched it without taking notes the last time to see if this was just kind of a false memory about how much I I love this movie, and and I, I was noticing so many great details. Paxton. Um, could have been an, a great filmmaker. He was a terrific. I don't know if it'd be fair to call him a character actor um, in so many movies, um, and so that's part of it. But he, he got um, one of Matthew McConaughey's best performances in a time when McConaughey was making Bad one crappy scene. choice after another. Yeah. After having a little bit of an indie thing in the '90s, this was first wave McConaughey before the McConaughey's. And, pa- and Paxton gives. I paid more attention to Paxton than in this last night watching it. His performance is awesome. Well, too. that's what I was going to say. He I is, am, he is I so am much more it. impressed with Bill Paxton, the actor, mm-hmm. in this movie than I am Bill Paxton, the director. Mm-hmm. Not that I think it's bad, but the acting is yeah. what stood out for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I do have my problems with the movie, and I can, I'll get into more of that yeah, when we actually review, talk but... about the review. But uh, I have, like, he obviously felt passionate about the project. Mm-hmm. And he was really into this character, and like I, I don't know this, but part of me intuits that that him getting directing it probably helped get it made, right? Yeah. Him putting his back and he, shoulder and heart and mind behind be. it, and it's a cool choice, and I can understand wanting to play that and role. To me, it, it feels like one of those great uh, Stephen King short stories. Right. It, okay. it has a bit of a, a Stephen King vibe to it because of the town, uh, some of the you know, I mean overt religious uh, stuff that's going stuff on throughout so yeah. it's also interesting both your movies have very deep religious themes that you picked I don't know if that was delivered or not yeah, yeah fun fact yeah. do you want to say something about frailty it's no, not no, actually I, on my list no, it's not on my list either um, but I really like it mm-hmm. um, I think like, all three performances like the boy and the boys and the father are oh, out, those kids out, are great are at, at, at outstanding and honestly the Matthew McConaughey character as a villain is Kind of a, the nice little, you know. I walked away liking it a lot, but not yeah. loving it. And, yeah, and that's kind of where I've stayed. Yeah, but we'll get into it. But yeah. then the question is, is he a villain? Right. Like yeah. when you rewatch it, is he a villain? So. Wake up! I've got something to tell you. What's wrong? There are demons among us. I can see the demons, while other people can. I'm scared, Dad. Nothing that crazy could be real. The angel told me that God would be sending weapons. Maybe you just dreamed it. Maybe you're not right in the head. God will be sending a list of the first seven demons. These are people's names. And they'll look like people. They're not. Dad made up this whole thing. Do you understand? Well, if it has to be done, it has to be done. Is that true? Why would I make it up? It's all a big lie. I don't want to run away. You are hiding something from me. What is it you think I'm hiding? When I lay my hands on them, I'll reveal them for what they truly are. I got a pretty good idea of them bodies are. I'll tell. Craziest thing I've heard in a long time. Ah! 
Check the Rose Garden. I don't believe a word of it. But it's true. Bill Paxton. Those were demons. Why can't you see that? Matthew McConaughey. Tell me the truth. Sometimes truth defies reason. You're crazy! Only demons should fear me. You're not a demon, are you? Oh, I love Bill Paxton. I would never say anything bad about Bill Paxton. I won't say anything bad about Bill Paxton. Mm -hmm. He didn't direct enough movies, because <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. He could have blossomed into a properly mm -hmm. good director. But as I said when we mentioned it in the ranks, for me, it's the performance here and the character here that is the most interesting part. And uh, I'm going to do a thing that I criticize other reviewers for doing, but part of my problem with frailty over above there's great performances and the cool reveals that the, the, the plot keeps uh -huh. giving to you is that I think this is a much more interesting much deeper much better movie if there's no real demons in it I think if this is a story about a guy who's crazy and a religious extremist uh -huh. and raising these two boys to be crazy religious extremists uh -huh. and it was about the psychological battle with himself but there's no doubt. For him, he sees a vision from God, he's got to kill the demons, the demons are whoever he decides are demons, and he's going to help his sons bury the bodies. Like, I can see an actor looking at that, this is a, this is a meal of a character. Mm -hmm. But, for me, when we get to the big twist, we'll get, well, I won't really hear... Uh, More than one twist. Yeah, yeah. but... Uh, for me, it's much more interesting as a tragic psychological portrait of this isolated family uh -huh. being poisoned by the thing that's supposed to be enriching them. Once it becomes a I gotcha twisty thriller and there really are demons and uh, for me, the full potential of the idea gets deflated. The good news is that the performances are wall-to-wall -wall excellent, mm -hmm. the characters are excellent, and the way that things are revealed to us are really good. Uh, it fundamentally works in every way, and I do like the movie, but I feel it's one of these things that I've said a lot in the podcast, that it's a good movie haunted by the great movie I feel it could have been. Mm -hmm. So, like, I want to be liking it more than I do. And I like it enough to recommend it. It's mm -hmm. on my wall. It's in my collection. Yeah. And, like, uh, I enjoyed watching it again. I but I it. felt I the it. exact same way. I was just, like, in a way, and I'm usually the opposite of this, but in a way, the real nuts and bolts supernatural aspect of the story is the least interesting thing happening here. Mm -hmm. So that's where I start okay. with frailty. Uh, and thank you for choosing. But. Yeah. I have nothing but good thing, things to say about Frailty. I think it's a, a, a fine thriller. Um, I wasn't as disappointed with the supernatural stuff. Um, I, I was buying it. I kind of thought this and Jesus Camp would be a sort of a great double header. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting. What would happen to like one of the children who went through this sort of education and lo and behold becomes a father to like two boys and, and off they go because this is really sort of talking about alt-right religious um, re religious extremism taken to a hilt that is very much alive in the states right now that, that sort of weird evangelical aggressiveness uh, and, and that in itself I think is a very very scary thing you know when we get these sort of like cult-like movies whether it's the, the sacrament or midsummer or whatever you know uh, that sort of religious terror is, is a very real palpable thing um, I guess I, I saw the twist coming in a lot of ways. Like it, it, when when it had happened, it nothing really scared me. I mm. knew exactly which boy it was, so I 
you know, it, it wasn't a big shocker to me, but I definitely enjoy the ride. It's always good to see Powers Booth, yeah. a criminally underrated actor. Yes. Yeah, I... Uh, who, you know... He's show, very good in it. He shows up... He's always very good, but... He shows up. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I'm sort of lamenting how talented Bill Paxton was. <coughs> I mean, you know, like, was he a writer of this? I don't think he wrote it, but... Uh, the writer... Brent, Brent Hanley. Hanley. Okay, yeah. anyways, uh, clearly he loved the story and had a talent behind the camera, as well as giving it sort of a career-defining performance in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, in Frailty. So I have none of the good things. It's just that the twist didn't... It didn't... I saw coming, so it didn't as shock me as such. Um, I, I think you could watch this movie three times and have three different interpretations. So who's to say the demons actually no, the exist? The movie says that these yeah. demons exist. Yeah. Well, do we have a reliable narrator? Like, no, can we trust? Can we trust this guy? I think at the end of the like movie, he 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 actually believes this stuff. His dad's. You're saying that but, that I, I that, it, that I missed that it actually is just strictly psychological but, because we don't me, we don't know uh, you know some of the stuff I, I feel like it's I can definitely skiing on the nice not to do spoilers with this thing but I, I, I can definitely being delicate I, yeah. yeah I can definitely sort of buy the sort of open-ended open-endedness of the well, sort of the morality open-endedness of the ending where is he or isn't he actually a demon hunter or is this you know yet another serial killer that we've seen sort of just sort of unravel and, and for our eyes and we'll go on killing I, I do catch that sort of ambivalentness of the ending where is it or is it not all on their head but I do sort of side on on your side a little bit that the demons actually are real well that's what we see I mean that's, that's the shown to us play but with that. He, I think there could be a viewing of it where you look at it and think okay these these people are just screwed in the head yeah, you right. know and and, uh, and this the power of the father to the Son, because you see this in in some ways that how you were raised is how ultimately you end up raising your children and believing, uh, and we see this through generations in in small town Texas where this is sat, you know, uh, and I I just haven't thought of the different way. If I watch this movie one way, I could see Bill Paxton as uh, almost a villain, like he is. He doesn't like like like, like he's a sweet guy, but yeah. he. He he is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous human being and should not be in charge of these boys. And, and we could look at that. We could look at another one where he's he's a hero. And then there's another one where we are just observing what happens with this kind of indoctrin- indoctrination. I, I think it's I, I wanted to give it some airtime and more attention right. than it, it's ever gotten in my view and I, I, I respect it a lot and it, it's it's one that I saw it in the theaters and it stayed with me for years the the war between the two boys one of which is skeptical of the truth of the dad, dad's visions mm-hmm. the other one who's 100% a believer mm-hmm. and so who we're assuming Matthew McConaughey is, is the believer because here he is right um, they kind of well, they don't necessarily switch poles, <laughs> but um, once the commitment is made that this person is a demon, the movie shows the demon, and they commit that they have to kill. I, I guess we are getting to spoilers here in order for me to mm-hmm. justify my position. We don't see the demon initially. No, <clears throat> we just see like what's... We, we he just he says they're a demon, and we have to believe it. We take his word for it. 
But once the brother is taken out of the picture, what possible choice would he have but to believe? Once that has happened, you have to believe it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're a cold-blooded fucking murderer, right? Yeah. So this guy is here hunting the cop. Yeah. That actually felt painfully obvious to me. Uh-huh. But I liked the movie enough that I let it go. But yeah. there's something about a movie that thinks it's got an ace up its sleeve when yeah. it doesn't yeah. that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Right? And I think that the movie was playing is he or isn't he until uh-huh. the, that kid... Did you see the last scene coming? To, to me, that was kind of a... Because I, I think I probably did. I, I'd have to go back. I don't know what I was thinking What's when I first saw it. Sorry, what are you talking about? The... Uh, the, like, there's more to the monk... McConaughey character than than we're yeah, given like beyond beyond the sort of the main plot twist there right that's revealed in the very last scene of the film yeah well I can I can think of what you're saying about it, but it doesn't necessarily in movie language I think it tells us after that point it's real. <clears throat> Maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, but yeah. that's definitely how I. Felt. I'm just trying to get us to think about this <laughs> yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Is like I, I just don't want to dismiss it as like some sort of like stupid demon. It, it's just a very creepy, almost short story type of uh, a piece that I yeah I admire greatly. And that you know, it's a happy ending per se. It is not. It, I am so disturbed yeah. by the end of yeah. it. Well, and more people are going to end up buried in that field. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, probably not for the good. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if if God is running the show, God is an evil fucker at this point, right? This is the story of this Job. feels more Old Testament than right? New Testament yeah. in yeah. in that way, and and there's something about like the Old Testament stuff, and which is alluded to in so many different ways through uh, through the film that like, really really kind of gets under my skin for whatever reason. So you mentioned that I had religious films are the ones that I chose, yeah. and I, that seems to work for me. You know, some people they they can see Exorcist movies and it has no impact. That that stuff really gets to me for right. whatever reason. Where nothing about Drag Me to Hell or uh, Tremors scares me in the least. Right. I can sit through the whole thing. That was entertaining. Now I'll move on with my life. Right. Um, you know, and but something like this really really stays with me. And Paxton's performance. Um, I think I got caught up with the, the flashiness of McConaughey's performance the first couple times I saw it, but Paxton is so, so good because he is so sincere, and he he just does not understand why his son is not seeing the demons that he it's is seeing. It's breaking his heart. Yeah. It is, and he tries to do everything, and I think there's he does something which uh, does the opposite of what he thinks by locking, he, I mean, he locks his son away for for weeks and it, and they keep going back to the six days the seventh day on the seventh day he checked with them and he still didn't pray and didn't believe so he locks them again took him six days of work to to build that um the the crawl space shed where they're going to deal with uh kill kill these these demons it's a kill room. um it's a killing room. you know Just be real. but yeah. It, yeah kill room but it there was there was a ton of uh of old testament you know biblical allusions in there um, that that worked really well for me, and there's just subtle things. And when you watch it more than once, the very first time we see the boys in the very first flashback, the one is singing a hymn, a church hymn, and he's saying, "Oh, sing along with me to to the other brother." And like, no, I don't want to do that. And then they have a conversation about 
wanting to go to an R-rated movie. I want to go see The Warriors. Oh, well, that's an R-rated movie. We shouldn't be doing that. This already, like, okay, the one is he's young enough to be this devoted Christian boy, and the other one is going through that stage where he's going to question his father's beliefs and... <clears throat> Interpretation three, of course, is that he he is a demon. Yeah. 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 Which is what they're implying. But, like... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, again, you, it's a choose-your-own-adventure, I guess, but for me, I don't know why. Maybe I'd have to watch the movie again to clock the exact thing that told me, okay, the demons are real, but there was a dividing line in the movie where they were playing with it to when mm-hmm. they stopped playing with it. I also think structurally, with, with this, the gotcha thing, I sort of jump back a little bit. If you start a movie with a guy sitting across the table with another guy about to unfold a yarn, mm-hmm. it's almost built in that there's going to be a little gotcha Twilight Zone thing oh, coming to yeah. it. Yeah. Like, there's something about the presentation yeah. that just tells you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, going yeah. back to the usual suspects. Right. Is, it's, yeah. it's not a very good yeah. example. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Or, or just, like, where the, uh, the villains, or the end of Seven, the villains on the other side of the table seemingly giving you a confession... But you fucking know. No, there's is, another. Not there's cooperating a, a little bit. There's another shoe to drop. Something's yeah. coming, and yeah, you know and it's it. It's not going to be. And nice. that's a familiar beat to play, and here it is again. But I think fairly well. Um, I really like, like I said, I keep. I'm a broken record. I like the acting. I like. I think a little bit more than I like the script in the end of the day. Uh-huh. But it, it's completely workable. Yeah. It's a completely. I, I liked it all. I, it's yeah. been a lot of time as my number one. I, I, I feel like we're beating it. We're beating. I'm, I'm being hard on it. Yeah, it wasn't on really my good list. Yeah, in a way. it's we're, like we're this up is a really good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. it's a small movie. That's why I'm defending it quite a bit yeah. more. Yeah. This was, a film this, that I think it will get lost also, or has the fear of being lost in the whole cinematic void yeah. in a lot of ways. So. I understand. Look, Frailty is a great movie. I don't know what more else. Mm-hmm. It's just in a busy decade, it's yeah. a movie yeah. that got lost, and I, I wish it. Yeah, more people it certainly it. doesn't deserve to be dismissed the way it seemed to be. Like it came and went with leaving. It, it was a bad time of year to, for it to come out. Yeah, so I mean, definitely give it its day in court. And it's one of those movies that that a lot of people like more than I did. Uh, Identity, which you mentioned mm-hmm. in your special, is another one of those movies that a lot of people I hear saying really, really liked it. And for me, like it was just one of those things where the twist fundamentally didn't work. Mm-hmm. In this movie, the, the the twist works enough. I just wish that I I didn't. I wasn't ahead of the movie, and okay, I, yeah. I just wish that. But was we the case. we all watch a lot of movies, That's so it's, the it's tough not to be. Yeah. I've often said about those people who spend their lives reviewing, reviewing movies, and like I've been doing this podcast since 2013. Mm-hmm. Does it change the way you watch movies? Like, uh, if you didn't spend all your time thinking on some level of this an analysis, how does it compare to what? You know, can you just fucking watch a movie? Is that where your "it's fine" comes in? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, this is this is this better, is better than, fine. than fine. I, I will say this is good, but I think it falls short of great. I think you're saying it's kind of great, right? Yeah, it's it's this little movie that I love, so yeah. that's great. to be repetitive you guys 
in fourth place, Session 9, 2001, Brad mm-hmm. Anderson. Yeah. Genuinely frightening, yes, yeah. psychological movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that central performance by Peter Mullen is it's just epic. Chill, He's a great yeah. actor. He's so good in that movie. Yeah. I, I always think about this scene between he and his nephew where he's sitting on the graveyard after, quote, talking to his wife on the phone yes. yeah. and oh. they have this little exchange and all it is is his nephew trying to give him a pep talk mm-hmm. and he is so fucking past being able to oh, be pep talked yeah. right yeah. but he's so genuinely touched that his, his nephew is crying I fucking just that, that and that's nephew's an amazing so sincere. scene oh. and it's just a ti- like a tiny moment in this movie just wall to wall full of great performances and great yeah. moments yeah uh, we've gone on about session nine but like yeah, ugh, yeah. Well, so, uh, uh, all three of our lists so yeah. it must be great yeah it no. must be great if yeah. we all think so yeah. <laughs> yeah. do you guys want to say anything more about session no, nine no, no, no. no you said it all dude top three boys all right so when we when i first made this list this was actually number one and it took a lot of convincing to come down because like i said from four to one it's 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 like such slivers. It gets re- tough. It, it gets tough. That separates them, <laughs> and, and I and I I'm almost afraid that he's reached his pinnacle because I don't think I haven't seen his latest one to be perfectly honest. But Neil Marshall's The Descent is mm. is a wall to wall terrifying movie that I just don't think gets made in this day and age. Mm. I love the fact that it's an all you know single gen- single gender cast. It's all women cast. Um, the mon- I think it's the most proper monster movie on this list. Um, it, it, I, I think. Can you link forward for me? Brother? Sorry, sorry. I I think one of the most terrifying like sequences back to back was when when the woman gets caught like she gets she's way down in, into mm-hmm. like a tunnel in the cave and she gets stuck and they're trying to get her out and that sense of claustrophobia and they finally get through that. And then the monsters show up. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, a terrifying movie yeah. before the monsters show yeah. up, and I think that's yeah. kind of the brilliant thing about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the setting is it, is everything there. The only reason I, you know, I I I put a couple films above it is because I saw the original European version where you know, it's not the happy ending. Right. Oh. And even though I don't like the ploy they have, where you know we we soon realize that she's you know hasn't escaped it. Mm-hmm. that most likely she is going to die you know whoops false setting is the whole dream thing which I think is sort of like a lame yeah. device it is you know. no they should have st- should have stuck with the original ending and they should not have made a sequel to it yeah but those are the two problems with the movie yeah honestly <laughs> in this uh, genre they'll make a sequel for anything yeah, yeah honestly a hybrid of one and two where she's running up the tubble and she sees the light and then the monsters pull her back and credits to me that would have solved it otherwise I, there's not one thing I would choose differently with that movie. Neil Marshall's The Descent is a terrifying, terrifying movie. It don't and, play. And I can't believe it. I have it at, at three. <laughs> All right. What's your number, number three? three? Uh, it's one you've talked about. Um, and so the question is, is it a horror movie or not? Requiem for a Dream. Okay. Darren Aronofsky. I saw it, this coming. Just, yeah. I mean, it, it's to me the ultimate just say no to drugs movie. I mean, <laughs> this is the one. Traffic came out the same year. And I, I, it was beyond an R rating, wasn't it? Like it got some yeah, unrated yeah, or something. And I was yeah. like, "This is what they should be showing high school kids about hard drugs, um, if they actually want to make an impact." And uh, yeah. it, just the, the third act is so so hard to watch. It's traumatizing. And, and yeah. we are 
Yeah, but that's Frank Selby Jr. though. That, that's the, that's the American writer. And Darren Aronofsky, frankly, he, he likes as a, as a yeah, filmmaker, yeah. he does that. I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah. and this is look, I so get, effective. I get your decision yeah. to put it on the yeah. list. I yeah. get that it's a horrifying, mm-hmm. traumatizing film. I just didn't. I just decided to not call it a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's fair enough. Like, uh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Like, but I'm not mm-hmm. in my head. Anybody, everybody, ever. Like, this was the year where I officially stopped watching the Oscars. Because Julia won and Roberts won Watch instead of... Watch Aaron uh, Brockovich, which is a perfectly fine movie, yeah. by the way. Very well directed. And, but Julia Roberts is perfectly fine in it. And then watch Ellen Bernstein in Requiem for a Dream, and you fucking tell me that Julia Roberts gave the better performance. Okay? Because... That's just tacitly. I mean, it's a silly thing true. of comparing the two because yeah. they're two completely different I get movies. It. But, I get it, but that yeah. was the decision that Oscar voters were faced uh-huh. with, and it, like, fuck that. Like Ellen Burns, that's one of the best performances, period, mm-hmm. from anyone, period, yeah, ever, period. Yeah, like, I, it's amazing. I, yeah. <laughs> so, I am with yeah. you. I have this thorn in my side about mm-hmm. that because. It's just like yeah. everybody needs to like hug Ellen Bernstein. Yeah. It be National Hug Ellen Bernstein Day. Like, and she's having yeah. to act off of herself at points too when she's yeah. having the hallucination that she's on the yeah talk yeah. show thing and yeah. she's in in perfectly healthy, very in your face, very very creepy. But this is to herself and where she's looking so thin and frail yeah. and yeah. older than she actually is. It, it is uh, a remarkable performance, but her character is not the only one who suffers. No, no, no. I mean, oh, when you see the like what's coming out of the veins there, the and arm, yeah. losing like losing limbs, um, and like I, in, in some ways the, the the Wayne's Marlon Wayne's character gets off the easiest. Just going to jail and detoxing, yeah, a living nightmare, but better than anyone else did. But he's like he has this trauma with the to do with his mother and stuff. It is it is such a it's a great movie, and to me, it, it it's horror, and it, it's real. It just get, it gets in the heads of addicts in a way that well, some movies I'll do not. I'll say this. It was one of those movies that when I saw it, I, I, I was traumatized by it. Like, I was affected emotionally. It hit me in the gut, mm-hmm. but part of me couldn't wait to show it to someone, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to share that experience with someone, even though it was just so intense. I hadn't seen anything like it. Ever and, and, I, and it was a bunch of people uh, upping their game. I did at the time wasn't that impressed with Jared Leto the actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had been quoted as saying that Jennifer Connelly is beautiful, but mm-hmm. she's never going to win an Oscar. Boy, was I wrong about that. But mm-hmm. she upped her game here considerably. All of them. All Marlon Wayans, yeah, never before, and I'm sorry, never since. Sense. No, yeah. I see him with the commit. scary movie. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen him commit to a role no, like that before, and I, I fucking wish he was because yeah. he's amazing. And it shows what he could do. So I get it. I respect the choice, but mm-hmm. yeah, for me, I was making this like. And, and I like that it was the diet pills thing in there. It wasn't just heroin we were talking right. about in, yeah. in no, that no. film. I, I, once yeah. again, I'm all letting them prove Everybody's that. a junkie to something, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Like we are for horror movies. Yeah. Yes. So, yes, in third posi- position, a bunch of British women go spelunking Yay! in the Appalachian Mountains. And it's claustrophobic, and then it turns into a ridiculously wet monster movie. Like, man, do they ever turn on the faucets. Yeah. And they also do a good job of making you like all these girls, so you think, yeah. like, maybe it's going to work out for them. No, not no, at all. No, it's no. like, it's yeah. completely wet, completely horrifying. I watched, I remember showing this to my wife, and she did, she did like it. Yeah. But 
before, like Lee was saying, before the monster showed up. <laughs> she was it's, so, like, it, crawling out of her it's skin. unnerving. The claustrophobia was getting to her so yeah. Going down into yeah. the... Just like the I whole said, thing. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. that they're going someplace bad, and they keep on dropping more information, and, yeah. oh, actually, it's not a, a discovered cave system, and no, no, people don't know where we are. And, yeah, like, like, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, like, 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 the only thing, I, and it's not a hit against the movie, seriously, I mean, uh, it's one of those these people do everything wrong yeah, <laughs> right? yes. and get yeah. themselves killed yeah. and it also again like it starts industry standard a terrible tragedy happens to our main yes. character and like how many movies start mm-hmm. that way and this this broken friendship between the two and they had the same lover mm-hmm. again very familiar but yeah. the execution scores a lot of points for me here yeah. and oh. that movie is scary yeah <laughs> so. like once again i saw it during the day in my apartment in south korea and by the end i was unnerved yeah. and like i said the only reason that it's you know not higher is just because little things about the ending because yeah. the other two are just they're so good they're so good you can pick pick, pick a thread you know, yeah and we'll talk about that okay. when we get to our, our, our mm-hmm. two and one because yeah. I think we're going to have the same two and one, but are they going to be in the same order? Uh, I wish I liked it more than I did. Oh, well. Okay. I, I just didn't keep my you know attention. You're not a monster movie guy, you said. Yeah, that's, okay. I guess that's part of it. But but yeah. the setting itself, too, is you're right. It's horrifying before the monsters are oh, yeah. introduced. Oh. So, yeah. All right. Uh, this number two. Is number two, it's to, to you, Mr. Beckman. Okay. So, I, I can't believe I'm putting this movie number two. Like, that's... That's something else, and the only reason why it made number two is because number one, I think, has a more ballsy, horrific ending. Right. <laughs> um, but the acting in this movie, and it's from Danny Boyle, and it revitalized the zombie genre. Like it really, like it did. I think this is the one that really, really kicked it into high gear. And it's a digitally shot movie where I thought, like, like for a long time, I didn't think a digitally shot movie. Um, could be like could be beautiful as well, but there's some shots in this movie that are just gorgeous to look at. But 28 Days Later is a terrifying, terrifying, terrifying movie. Um, hands out to is it Brendan Gleeson who plays the mm-hmm. father, mm-hmm. who I do think gives the performance to the movie. Even though I, we we instantly likable, so you yeah. flag him for death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just the scene where they're watching the horses run, and he you know, blows a kiss and everything. Like mm-hmm. such an amazing performance by like well, everyone. It, you know, we got introduced to Killian Murphy here, um, but the scene where he, you know the blood hits his eye, it, you're like you're just ha ha no, and mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. such a well acted scene yeah, and. You knew in some ways it was coming, but like, uh, it's, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. This is a heartbreaking movie, and the only reason that it hit number two is I liked the extra credit end better, where the uh, they all died in the car. Well, no, Jim died. Jim the, died. The girls go to an uncertain fate, yeah. but originally Jim dies on another hospital table. Yeah. Like the movie starts with him waking up in a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gets shot by the Christopher yeah. which still happens. Yeah. But in the other one, they drive him to a hospital and try and treat the wound, That's and he right. dies on yeah. the table. I, I actually like so that. This is a relatively happy ending. Yeah, comparatively, this is a much happier mm-hmm. ending that they yeah. end up going for. But yeah. it feels a little bit disjunct from the rest of the movie. I still yeah. like it, yeah. but it does feel like something that they shot later, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I, I, I don't know so, what... Oh, the third act is what kills me. I mean, that's... I, the ending, I get what you're yeah. saying. But, I mean, I still really, really like the original ending. 
uh, to 28 Days Later. Um, I almost feel like I'm hurting your feelings also putting at number two. I remember the very first time. We're going to talk about it. Uh, I really hurt everybody's feelings. (laughs) Uh, Even when we first saw it together and all, just the sort of emotionality. Emotionality. (laughs) Uh, The emotional context in which we saw it as well. This movie is a terrifying movie, and uh, it was I a great it. theatrical experience too. I have to say, no, I didn't see it in the theater. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. I saw weeks in the theater, but I didn't see. Right. What's these. your number two? My number two is to me as perfect a vampire movie as you can get. Let the right one in. Yo, well, yeah. you're not going to hear anyone fighting. And I, the best movie about bullying, and that comment you made about we were all kind of feeling like that boy. Yeah, I just wish that. At points in my life, that there was that vampire girl, as as awful as it is, <laughs> yeah. that would show up, who like she cannot communicate with any other yeah. kids. We and can identify. So like the sweet, sweet, odd love story um, is in there with an insane amount of violence, and yeah. uh, and you don't often that? talk about Swedish horror yeah. movies, yeah. But but it is they happen though. It, <laughs> they do. I mean it. It's just again. It's just by this much that it's not number one. I think it's it, yeah. one of the few scenes that they didn't include in the remake, which I thought was interesting, was when a bunch of cats attacks mm. one of the infected uh, people. Oh yeah, it's that's a, that's so really, so really cool. visceral scene. Yeah. yeah, and like you wonder how they got away. Like, obviously, they're not real cats. They couldn't be the way they're being flung about. But it's yeah. it's pretty hard and convincing. I really liked that. Yeah, and, and yeah, the inhalation scene, the way they erupt into flame. Uh, or or yeah. the trust game where she where she uh, he uh, wants to see what happens if he doesn't invite her, mm-hmm. so she shows him. <laughs> oh she's yeah, just bleeding out of all oh, of her. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, oh, what am I doing? You can no, come that's in. so horrible. Because yeah. he's such a sweet kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know, if it wasn't real to him before, then it's fucking real, real now. now. Yeah. So. Yeah. In the movie yeah. too, where it's such a risk to have a movie where where children are centering it. You know, child actors. Oh no! And, like, it, it and they, gamb- the filmmakers took a huge gamble with yeah. your two leads as, as children. She's awesome. And they were, yeah. they were uh, great. No, no problems no, at all. No, 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 no. So likely, I wrestled with number one and two, and it's the same movies. Mm-hmm. The reason I put Twenty Eight Days Later in second position at the end of it is because of one scene, and the movie calls itself on it, but it's stupid. Killian Murphy is heard to say, who's actually heard to say out loud, this is a shite idea. Do you know why this is a shite idea? Because it's just obviously a shite idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they drive their car over top of all the other cars in the tunnel yeah. somehow. Like, like I don't, it's not even explained mm-hmm. how. Yeah. And then they blow a tire, and the sequence amazingly shot, yeah. and like the rats fleeing the tunnel, yeah, and the mm-hmm. shadows yeah. of the oncoming infected. Yeah. Everything about the execution of that scene is fucking amazing. Yeah. But it's fundamentally stupid. Yeah. And it's the only thing in the entire movie that's fundamentally stupid. Yeah. I also, I guess, will conditionally agree with you, Jason, that... Like I think both half of the movie are really good, but the first half of the movie is, is amazing. Yeah. And the second half of the movie is is really good to me, but it's yeah. there's that sequence where Jim decides to go back and it starts raining. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. get these crazy shots of him in the rain yes. where he starts to look and move like we've been seeing the infected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. like this is a zombie movie being made by a 
fucking master. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I get it. Once we get to the familiar, I was always took issue with how crazy and how bad those guys were so soon. If yeah, this has indeed like been that. one month, they've gone this far off the board in mm-hmm. one month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, that is a big pill to swallow, but yeah. happily they have people like Christopher Eccleston to help sell it. Yeah. Um, but I get it, that it's not as strong as the first half. But it's of the anti-establishment, movie. like military, yeah. taking over. I think it's a little bit of a comment in there that yeah. he's trying yeah. to make with I like how it's handled too when when Christopher Eccleston finally says it out loud you can hear in his voice that he knows it's completely wrong and he has to almost spit it out I promised them women yeah no one's a girl yeah but the implication is there she's not always going to be a girl even if they even if they Mm -hmm. care which let's be real they they don't care at all so uh, again I I just had a hard time believing how evil they were given the stakes Mm -hmm. of the situation they had bigger fish to fry and it had only been a month if it had been a few years I think it would have been a better sell but uh, in a month no you're doing a better job of articulating oh, where, man, where I got stuck on this movie. But I love the movie. The scene, I, oh, I, know, you, I, I know you do. I, the I, scene I, where she tries to convince the young girl to take the pill so it'll take the pain away. It'll make you not care. Yeah, make you not care. It's yeah. such a heartbreaking, oh. terrifying scene. And uh, it's one of those things where a guy gets his eyes pushed into his head and you couldn't be happier about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Just like those bullies getting like, mowed down and thrown yeah. in. So. Well, yeah. Lee will tell you what our number one selection Uh this movie (laughs) is the epitome of despair (laughs) it really really is Um, uh, it is also catapulted by across the board amazing performances whether it is uh, what's her name Marsha Gay Harden Harden, who I once again the Oscars completely miss it they miss another amazing performance in that the character could be high camp so easily. It could yeah. be so awful yeah. so easily. You yeah. need someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And Marsha Gay Harden knows what <laughs> the fuck she, she's doing. That monologue scene where she's talking to herself <laughs> oh. is perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. From the writing to the execution, all of it. Um I, I, it, it's also, I think, one of the like, just like the, the the phrases on the movie poster, perfectly capture what that movie's about, and that and its fear changes everything. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that's true. It, it also talks about the culture of fear, which I don't think also gets talked about enough. Zodiac did the same thing, but what happens to a a, a community when there's the threat outside and we start to eat each other? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it captures that so well. Yeah. And I was complaining about that a little bit just now with 28 Days Later. Yeah. But I think the Lovecraftian super demonic creatures add an extra layer here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all of those people in the supermarket, like, this is not something that's handleable. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, yeah. So I believe them falling apart rapidly more than I yeah. do these hard-ass military yeah. guys. Yeah. But, like, everybody in that cast, I don't want to take away too much because we are, you are going to talk about it as yeah. well. I'm going to say it has probably one of the most nihilistically dark, horrific endings Uh in movies ever. (laughs) If the guy who writes the novella tells you, if I'd have thought of that, I'd put it in the book, (laughs) which he did, Uh 
He loves the ending to the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, uh, Stephen King's a big fan of it. Like, yeah. I don't know what bigger compliment you could yeah. pay Frank Darabont. I, mean, I, yeah. he, I almost wish Darabont did all of his movies. Right? You know, because <laughs> we so, see so many people who yeah. do not handle it well, including King himself sometimes when yeah. he yeah. tries to be a filmmaker. I'm going to jump back to you, number one, since we have the same number one. So uh, well I'm going to just have our discussion about The Mist. Okay. Uh, like, there's a scene about the halfway mark of the movie yeah. where Thomas Jane has a conversation with his son yeah. and he promises his son that no matter how things work out yeah. he's not going to get eaten by monsters yep. that just is not going to fucking happen mm-hmm. yep. and you know what he keeps his promise I know <laughs> like, uh, in like, the worst possible in the way the worst possible way yeah. but like it, it, it's devastating and like this is B-movie territory and I think one of the reasons I was talking about preferring to a large degree mm-hmm. the black and white version yeah. is because you, no matter what you pull away from it it'll still hit you emotionally yeah. because like just how how nihilistic mm-hmm. but believably yeah. nihilistic it, it becomes yeah. like it, it, it could be black and white Mayberry everything's perfect and yeah. then one day everything goes completely Ble- south like yeah. like your life just got thrown Believe off it. a cliff and there's nothing you can do about it yeah. and uh, yeah it seems strange to put this CGI monster fest with a bunch of people going crazy in a, in a, in a grocery store at number yeah. one but I remember reading this at a young age and yeah. thinking to myself Oh, I hope they make a movie out yeah, of this, and cool. I hope it's good. And then, like, twenty years later, that happened. They got Darabont to do it, and, and Darabont did it, mm-hmm. and he fucking killed it. Yeah. And that ending is not just shocking, but it took real guts. Oh, oh yeah, it took real guts from and he would have had to fight it off. Like, I guarantee this is a studio you, film, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, guarantee the, you, the, the studio system. would have said, "Look, we'll give you an extra twenty million for your creature." Effect. They did. They did. Like, and he's like, "No, I'll make it cheap, but I'm making my movie." The yeah. ending was was a point of contention where they would have oh, given sure. him more money if they would have changed the ending. Like they were afraid of it. And yeah. I get it. I could like I almost wish that I could like sit outside of a theater in a showing of the mist yeah. and just watch the parade of gray faces that yeah. spilled no, out of that yeah. theater. Like you just walk out of it catatonic. I, if we'd been I, I can't ushers believe, at the time or I something, can't believe the been. negative reviews that this movie got and it wasn't financially successful. I have a theory no. about that. What's that? A lot of times when people get hit emotionally by something, yeah. they resent it. Yeah. Uh-huh. A friend of mine I've showed this movie to him and his wife yeah. did not like it. Yeah. She yeah. reacted toxically to it, yeah. but she was very defensive. Like, no, no, it's not personal. It's just that the movie's awful. But clearly yeah. she was disturbed, was disturbed by the movie. By yeah. And uh, the movie wasn't awful. The movie disturbed her and it worked exceedingly well, well on her, yeah. but she yeah. almost refused to admit it. It was yeah. just this awful thing. And I think that might have been part of the critical rebuke, to be honest. Yeah. People don't like that slap in the face ending. They don't like going home feeling like, like someone just pissed in their cornflakes. Yeah. But it's memorable. And yeah, it, it was is. it accomplished the ending. Like in the book, this this screed of paper the guy's been writing on is just abandoned at a gas yeah, station yeah. or something. Yeah. And they're gonna go drive until the gas runs out. And basically and make it up after yeah. that. And that's it, the yeah. end. And Darabont takes us to that finish line. He finished mm-hmm. King's story amazingly well. And he made like a movie full of familiarity, epically scary to me. And it seems artificially high at number one, but I think for me, The Mist's got to be number one. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm surprised by the choice. Yeah. But I, I admire it a lot. 
and I want to see this black and white version because I think the, the, the block for me is the creatures. Right. Every time I would see the creatures, I would I would get myself out of the movie. All the human stuff, I for was so reason, into. The CGI feels the CGI in black and white. I mean, I don't think you'll be fooled. But if it's it. for the integrity of the end he wanted, yeah. I kind of admire I, that, too. I didn't too. mind the CGI. I didn't care. I was watching such a compelling movie that... Mm-hmm. And again, if he had a few more million dollars, he probably could have cleaned up some of the softer stuff. But yeah. again, it looks better black. I love it. Sorry. When yeah. your movie starts with a pan around the room and you see the gunslinger and, and the Thing movie posters... You oh, know, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're that's cool. Gorgeous hands. Yes. Saying, we're going to reference this movie and this story and mm-hmm. I'm just, ah I just I next to like seven old boy what's an ever devastating ending yeah, yeah. Arlington Road <laughs> Planet of the Apes I don't know like just... endings <laughs> where you're, you're, you're like genitalia yeah. and heart are removed at the same <laughs> yeah. time mm-hmm. Um, like that movie is just one long kiss goodbye where you need like whiskey after so <laughs> like rye whiskey uh, it's it's just such an amazing horror film and I just can't believe that Frank Darabont isn't cling to some sort of prestigious award because of it well uh, word on the street is he does have the rights to the long walk yeah. oh that'd be good fantastic yeah. early Stephen King novella and I would yeah. love to see that yes yeah, yeah, that's one of the ones I keep thinking of the ones that haven't been done yet. Yeah, because they're in the the remakes and the. Well, the we're g- getting into another age of Stephen King adaptation. Good. Good. Don't worry about yeah. that. I'm happy about that. I'm very curious because I don't even have a guess. You don't, yeah. Well, okay, let's like see what Lee. What's what's your guess? I, I I honestly don't know to be to be perfectly honest because their lists are are so different. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I could guess Parsons, uh, but. No, I have no clue. I honestly oh, yeah, and you have, have no, no idea. Clue. No, and in some ways, I feel like this is an obvious choice. And it's Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I, I think it's as as perfect a movie as Guillermo del Toro has ever made. And just the this is another one of the ones where I, I guess I go back to seeing it in the theater for the first time, and I wasn't quite sure what it was going to be. I got more of like a fairy tale, maybe quasi family vibe from it. Right. But then I, I saw it has an R rating. Oh, there must be something more interesting here. And it became so, so much darker than I imagined and had this enor- enormous impact. This was the year where almost like the, the three Mexican filmmakers had their coming out because yeah, they had was three there. movies all, all coming out around the same time. I think Children of Men, uh, Babel, and, uh, and this came out. And Pan's Labyrinth really had an impact on me, and I did not expect that at all and we have this creature stuff happening which is really really dark and one of the most inventive horrible characters that creature with the uh the the eyeballs and no no like i'm all nodding my head in approval but what's happening on the surface with the spanish civil war is so much worse with this this horrible horrible captain who's Pretty much enslaved this yeah. poor widow. He likely killed uh, like her husband and has now claimed her just because he wants a male son and he doesn't care. He, if she dies in childbirth, just has to you know pass on his his name. And Guillermo uh, has a real thing with villains who uh, vanity gets yeah, attacked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the main villain in The Devil's Backbone is really vain about his looks. Yes. And uh, the that double speaking spy. 
in in the shape of water gets shot in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's a thing with mouths too. Thing he goes to again yeah. and again. When that uh, the woman who's a part of the resistance, but she's kind of like his housekeeper running the house. When she takes out, and we knew it was kind of knew it was going to happen that this knife was going to come into play. Yeah, but that attack is just so so oh, no. violent like, like cuts up the smile on his face. face and then he goes and he stitches it then he takes that drink and and then feels the burn and then we see the, the blood come up yeah. it's like taking one great idea and then adding right. and then adding and then adding and Tom Hiddleston gets stabbed in the face in Crimson Peak too sorry that just yeah there's right something with his he's got a real face. obsession yeah. with this yeah mm-hmm. yeah Interesting. I hadn't thought of that before, but yeah, I have no problem with that pick. Yeah. I, like I couldn't guess because I, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was majority mentioned or if I was there some Cronenberg pick that I missed or something. Yeah. Like yeah. I was mm-hmm. trying to guess where it is, but I have zero problem. Yeah, with no, that no, show. no, it's so, the same with me. Same with me. So, yeah, uh, very different than the mist, obviously. Uh, and I'm sort of surprised that Lee agreed with me. I thought that the mist was a little bit of a left turn for me for number one. I thought it could have possibly hit somebody's top ten. Yeah. Maybe I, I I didn't see it coming as, as number one. And it's I've just kind of like quoted, the tremors in here, but I'm not yeah. gonna argue it as hard because I, I love the mist. And I've been quoted as like like I've sucked the dick of Danny Boyle so, <laughs> so completely, and I've gone on about like people say like what's some of your favorite movies? They're like well like I guess 28 Days Later's got to be in the conversation. Yeah. Like uh, some, I thought 28 Days Later was probably gonna be number one, and yeah. Shaun of the Dead was gonna be number two. Right. Like, and, yeah. And that's what I was. It hurt Shaun of the Shaun Dead back. Low. It really did hurt to put yeah. Sean that low, but uh, no respect. I think I'm not. I, I'm not going to wag my finger too. No, I, no. I guess the closest, like I said, for you, the mist is too low on your list, and Antichrist is too high. Switch those two places and around. And 28 days later, yeah. obviously. Is, yeah. Yeah. But those are the two ones that really made me raise my eyebrows a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, we're going to survive this. Friend. This is not Lost Highway. <laughs> um, I, I, I guess we could go on to this, the, the the like honorable mentions like. I said I have I, I did up a top 100 starting basically with the ones that I mentioned as honorable mentions during okay. the list but like it was a fucking amazingly strong decade for horror movies yeah, genre uh, cinema in, in general did well that uh, like uh, they it seems to me maybe if I went back and looked harder it seemed to me that more of them were good than than, than were bad yeah, like they they were just overperforming generally. I didn't yeah. like the Hollywood system in that decade. Right. I mean, it was just special effects because they could do more, but story was not important anymore. And that's I, my I, issue I, with the Gladiators and the Lord of the Rings and yeah. uh, the bad Lucas Star Wars trilogy. We we just got all of these big budget billion dollar films. They were empty. They look good but there's nothing to them and that's what I got so cynical about and I think that I was tuning out a little bit and I do credit you in this decade for kind of bringing me back to some revisiting those. some stuff and like oh it wasn't as bad as I thought it was at the time you right. know uh, did you want to hit some specifics alright uh, so uh, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to throw some love out to both the uh, original Saw and Hostel films once again films that I don't think we're close to making the top 30 list, but I have to acknowledge because they did create, uh, I, I said the hostile films help, really helped brought in the torture porn movies, which, you know, mm-hmm. were a big part of this decade. But the soft, the first Saw film is sort of your a better than average serial, mm-hmm. serial killer thriller. It's, you know, it mostly takes place in a room, yeah. uh, which I thought, I mean, it's pretty serviceable. It's influential. Um, yeah. yeah. 
I get I get why it started a franchise. Like yeah. I've just always been that guy who never got yeah. the feel of the Saw franchise. Even the first one, I just thought it was another derivative wannabe seven. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's like Silence of Lambs led yeah. to, but, to yeah, seven led to this. To at least acknowledge it. No, absolutely. It, I get it, it, it was an important, important movie yeah. in there. It was a runner up for me. I also wanted to acknowledge Paranormal Activity because. There's things I do like about it. You know, I'm not saying it's not a a terrible horror movie. It is. There's lots of things to like, and it also spawned a huge series. So I'd have to mention that. Um, I can't believe I didn't put Shaun of the Dead on the list. <laughs> There's a lot of films. I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. So Shaun of the Dead. I wanted to mention. I was worried for a while that you were going to put George A. Romero's Land of the Dead on here as well, but. I, I mean, I think it gets a bad rap, but yeah. I don't think it makes the top 30. No. It was a runner-up yeah, for me. Yeah. It, it actually was, yeah. So like, that, that was also, like, I, I just couldn't, you know, honestly put it in the top 30. Mm-hmm. I liked it enough, but yeah. I was worried that at some point... I want to give also a, a shout-out to The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yes. Because I think Jennifer Carpenter oh, is amazing is. in that movie. And it's... It, 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 it's sort of a better than average exorcist big time yeah. possession movie yeah. because of her. So I wanted to, you know, uh-huh. do the shout out for that. Slither was another one that it hurt to leave off the list. I have really no good excuse except to say I went, went with some guilty pleasures, yeah. but I want to acknowledge James Gunn's crazy Slither. <laughs> and also... That movie or, really is fucking off it's, it's just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, and also Orphan. Um... Uh, Mm-hmm. I, I, the filmmaker actually made two really good horror movies in that decade was House of Wax and uh, and Orphan I thought were pretty pretty really strong horror films I liked House of Wax it got people hated it I guess because Paris yeah, Hilton was in it but the I, design of it was really yeah, strong I mean yeah. the makeup uh, no no I mean it's essentially a, a, a you know a slasher film but also The Burrowers like really The Burrowers is a terrifying terrifying movie not a feel-good number. <laughs> yeah. Once again, I have no real excuse for leaving this film off the top thirty. It just, I, I, I just, I don't know. Those cre- the the monsters, man, like, and what they're capable of, is just horrifying. So those are some honorable mentions. Do you right have any there. you'd like to throw out? I have a lot here. Some of them are are doubled up here. Um, it's a strange one because we talk about family movies dealing with horror. Monster House is a very inventive film. I mean, it doesn't make this list because obviously it's you know, a kids it's, movie. It's a kids movie. You know, it's just a, a, a little bit darker than usual kids movie. The Fourth Kind is one I've wrestled really? with. There's some really bad stuff in it, but it kind of bothered me when I saw it. So um, I didn't the, dislike it. The The Exorcism of Emily Rose was number thirty one. I. I almost feel like because it, it creeps me out in some scenes, it probably should have been on there. That's the one I felt the most guilty about. Jeepers Creepers for what it is. It was in there. 30 Days of Night, which you mentioned. The Host, that was a hard one. It was on my list for a long time. Yep. Uh, Juon the Grudge was on there for a long time. Yep. I, I must be a sucker for these Hannibal Lecter movies. Red Dragon I revisited and mm. kind of dismissed. There's, it's a little bit closer in style to Silence of the Lambs than Hannibal. Uh a movie called Identity. I, I really, yeah. <laughs> I, it soured a little bit on the second viewing. I first time I, I saw it, it's I just loved of, it. It's but. another switchblade romance for me, where I was liking it until they kicked it in with the twist, and then I. Stopped and you didn't like it. you didn't like the twist. It was too big a pill for no, me. Okay, it was too big. Fair a pill enough. For me. Uh, very visual movie. 
didn't work for me as much the second time the cell mm-hmm. uh, but very creative idea of getting into the head of a serial killer um, the box I like a very cerebral film did not do well I don't know if it's because of the cast Cameron Diaz in particular being in it but there's some creepy creepy moments and stuff in there it's a little bit too PG-13 I think I put Saw in there because of its influence not because I like it and right. and it just I eventually took it off the list just because I I just don't like it enough to put it on there. Cloverfield, I for again, it's an influential found footage film. I don't know if it's horror it's or science it's fiction. A good watch. It's yeah. you know, it's all right. The Machinist, a uh, little bit of a Christian Bale vanity project in there, but it's it's a solid film as well. Uh, I like Sin City. Some people don't like Sin City. The question is, is it a horror movie or is it? Yeah. Some of the I stories are the Elijah Wood character is pretty horrible. Film noir, comic more film noir, more graphic novel. It feels like like Sin City is like last decade's American Pie franchise, okay. and then it was really fun when it happened. But looking back on it, it's aged like milk. Mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke kind of brought back his career a little bit yeah. with that one. Land of the Dead, I, I did have there as right. uh, I, I wanted to have a Romero movie on there, but. It didn't happen. With the but, 90s, I got the I mean, dark half in. I have lots of honorable mentions. Just a few that I, I just... I'll shout out some that I have here that you guys haven't mentioned yet. Lee and I reviewed this uh, movie Blackwater about uh, these people who get treed up by a crocodile. It's yeah. a very well done nature, Man Against Nature movie. Um, a strange sort of comedy called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, yeah. where a, 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 a documentary crew follows this guy around. It was... <laughs> Uh, it's late. It should have been coming out in the 90s, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably what hurt it. But it's actually smarter than people give it credit for. Again, you have to like accept that this movie exists in a world where every slasher movie you ever saw actually happened. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that's just too much to take seriously, even a little bit. I remember and, you talking about yeah. it. And, yeah. and if that's the case, then it's not going to work for you. But for me, again, neither of you guys said that one out loud, so I thought I would mention it. Dead Snow, great zombie Nazis <laughs> film. <Yeah. laughs> uh, if, if that's your, like, Canadian zombie movie called Fido, where Billy Connolly plays a, a, right. a, a, yeah. a zombie that is trained to be a, a house. I've forgotten about that movie. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to talk about the Mothman Prophecies, but I think that that is an yep. interesting movie. Wolf Creek, I just talked about in yeah. my, in my uh, Torture yeah. Point one. Number 32 for it's, me. Yeah. It's a really effective horror movie. It is not enjoyable, maybe, but it is horrifying mm-hmm. if you want to be horrified mm-hmm. um i think i may end up just posting up on the site maybe my top 100 because there's lots but uh it was a rich rich decade for horror yes. movies overwhelming and, trying to do this list yeah, actually um lee and i the deeper into the list the more you and i seem to be on the same page but yeah. uh it was great because we got a completely different list almost which you knew you. that's that's why i'm here I that's why you're here yeah. brother let's stop it once more, and for the record, the top 30 horror movies, according to Mr. Jason Dubray. Number 30, Shadow of the Vampire. Number 29, The Mist. Number 28, Ginger Snack. 27, Battle Royale. 26, High Tension. 25, Zombieland. 24, District 9. 23, 1408. 22, Grindhouse. 21, Secret Window. 20, 28 days later, 19, 28 weeks later, 18, Hannibal, 17, Donnie Darko, 16, Zodiac, 15, The Orphanage, 14, Paranormal Activity, 13, Shaun of the Dead, 12, The Others, 11, Sweeney Todd, 
10 Hard Candy, 9 The Gift, 8 Pontypool, 7 Session 9, 6 A Tale of Two Sisters, 5 Antichrist, 4 Frailty, 3 Requiem for a Dream, 2 Let the Right One In, and number 1 for Jason was Pan's Labyrinth. Mr. Lee Beckman's list was as follows. Number 30 was a tie between Frankenfish and Black Sheep. 29, The Human Centipede. 28, Antichrist. 27, Jesus Camp. 26, Freddy vs. Jason. 25, The Ruins. 24, Hatchet. 23, High Tension, Tied with Inside. 22, Jeepers Creepers. 21, Jew-On. 20, A Tie Between Lake Mungo and Wreck. 19, Dog Soldiers, 18, Wrong Turn, 17, Pontypool, 16, Shutter, 15, The Children, 14, Splinter, 13, Dawn of the Dead Remake, 12, Open Water, 11, The Host, 10, Ginger Snaps, 9, The Hills of Eyes Remake, 8, Drag Me to Hell, 7, Trick or Treat, 6, The Ring, 5, Session 9, 4, Let the Right One In, 3, The Descent, Two twenty-eight days later, and number one for Mr. Lee Beckman was The Mist. And now for your host and random Canadians top 30, the correct top 30 horror movies from the 2000s. Number 30, 30 Days of Night. 29, Dagon. 28, Slither. 27 is a tie between Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland. 26 is The Ruins. 25 is The Ring. 24, Eden Lake. 23, The Others. 22, Lake Mungo. 21, The Last Winter. 20, The Burrowers. 19, Shudder. 18, The Children. 17, Triangle. 16, May. 15, Pontypool. 14, A Tie Between Drag Me the Hell and the Gift. 13, A Tale of Two Sisters. 12, Open Water. 11, Dawn of the Dead Remake. 10, Ginger Snaps. 9. Paranormal Activity 8. Trick or Treat 7. Wreck 6. A Tie Between the Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth 5. Let the Right One In 4. Session 9 3. The Descent 2. 28 Days Later and number 1. The Mist I know it was a long chat, and that might have been hard to keep track of on the way, so I present for you this brief summation. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Rank and Review. It was a lot of work and a lot of love. Thank you so much for listening to this very special edition of Rankin Review. It was a lot of work to cut this together, and I want to give a little shout out to the kids. I know you must have heard some of that thumping and banging up there, but believe they'd been very patient. We tried to ply them with food, we tried to ply them with games, we tried to ply them with cartoons, but sooner or later they're going to burst the gate and demand our attention. So, big thanks to Owen, Tristan, and Maya for putting up with the neglect while we recorded this podcast. That was a pretty epic 
discussion that we had on the 2000s, and I would love to hear some feedback. So if you have feedback for me, you can write the host and random Canadian Larry Parsons at rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Please check out the website at rankandreview.ca, and please tell a friend about the show. If you're looking for another good horror-themed podcast to listen to, I highly recommend the Terror Table podcast. If you haven't heard it, please check out the Terror Table. And please do continue to listen to Rank and Review. I consider you a friend by your listening. Until next we speak, have a good one, kids.